Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Strong Styles. We are in episode 23, and today I'm joined by Sandre. How are you doing, Sandre? I'm doing well. My first time here on the show. I'm really excited for that, and I I can't wait to talk and to talk about my main promotion and some some Joshi stuff. So I'm really hyped. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's um, I like talking to new people. Especially, I like getting new perspectives about wrestling because you know, everybody thinks differently. Um, I just want to preface that we're going to be talking about Dragon Gate today, a promotion that I've always told myself I wanted to watch, but um, with the amount of Joshi I watch, Hero often takes a back seat. And so I did watch Dead or Alive. I had a lot of fun. Like it's just, it just felt like a bunch of dudes vibing all the time. Like the whole show was a lot of fun. It did do a good job too of catching catching us up on the Madoka uh, happenings with his injury and his uh, first title match against Shun Skywalker. Yeah, which was exactly two years earlier. <laughs> yeah, and they showed like the whole match during the intermission, which was crazy. Yeah. It 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 added a lot to to the match because during the match they called back to that so many times. Awesome. I also did. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with like all the stuff with Masquerade with Shun. Yeah. How like he lost. Uh, his, he lost his mind basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. But yeah, I I am a uh, like I I cover Dragon Gate uh, weekly, so I've been. I've been doing that since earlier this year. I started this year with on my podcast, The Dramatic Dream Dragons. Uh, and I, I feel Dragon Gate right now is in a very, like right now they are in a very trying period where they, where, where they are trying, they are sticking to their, the guns that they have kind of, implemented during the the pandemic and they're sticking with them and going forward with those like plans and it's a big risk and we we haven't really seen it paid off completely yet yeah there's still a lot of question marks surrounding the current champions and talent right now and yeah there are there are still like a lot of uh older talent still on the roster legends of the wrestling world so it's like a it's like a big mix like you have um but like Dragon Lee, he's still in very much in Ultimo Dragon Shadow. Yeah, Dragon Kid. Yeah. Yeah, Dragon Kid. Not Dragon Lee. Sorry. He's a <laughs> different fellow. <laughs> he's to another side of the world right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I couldn't think of a better person to come on and help me help walk me through Dragon Gate. So uh, let's get started with the factions. Yeah, we can talk. Okay. okay. Um, the factions right now are pretty. Pretty set. They they have they have the lead. I I like to call them the lead faction because they are, even though they are the smallest faction, I like to call them the lead faction because they are the three most like marketable baby faces in the company together, and that is the three the trio of Yuki Oshioka, Dragon Daya, and Madoka Kikura. I have nicknamed the Courage the the like ace uh, trio. Where they have two, the two babyface aces uh, of the heavyweight division, and they have the ace, the 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 future ace of the the like brave gate scene in there also, and it it leads to every match of theirs being like must watch because they put in so much effort every match to make sure that Dragon Gate gets put on the map like 
for everyone. Definitely. I caught a small glimpse of that. Uh, I was watching their afternoon show from 6-11, and they, that ending stretch between Yuki and uh, the Go class person, I forget his name, the one I was teaming with uh, Ben K. With the menorah. Yeah. Yeah, menorah, yeah. That was hot. That was a hot ending sequence. So, like, this the talent that's there, like, it's obvious. Like, it's really obvious that those, a lot of those guys are very talented, but it's just where they're placed on the card a lot of times. And this is also... Decourage is also the unit that feels the most, like, unite Not united, yes, but it's kind of a unit with no leader because they've all had, like, their own version of leading. Like, this year, Dragon Dia has been the one taking the most pins because he isn't really doing anything right now. Uh, he isn't the Bravia champion anymore. But when the unit started, he was the focal point because the unit started with his return and uh, Yoshioka helping him win the Brave Gate. Okay. Last year cool. on, uh, in the 2022. Uh, I like and that. that. That led into them getting the Twin Gate run. And right after the Twin Gate run ended, they, they, uh, Yuki Yoshioka won the King of Gate. And let that started uh, him as being the focal point of the unit, and led him to win the the Open the Dream Gate title, of course, at Kobe World last year from Kai. And later on that year, uh, Madoka Kikura would join as first as as an assistant, but they saw them working so well as a team that they kind of just made him a full time member of the group and. Uh, even though the rest of the rest of 2022 was Yuki Oshioka's year uh, as the focal point of the group, Kikura and Daya won the tag titles again, and that it it all just it it and now it has come to Kikura being the focal point because he won the the Dream Gate title, and awesome. Yoshioka lost it earlier this year. Okay, I do like that. It like is. the way Decourage is, it sounds like whoever's Whoever has the most momentum, they rally behind that person. They they're not selfish. Yes, that is definitely the one the vibe we're getting from them. And of course, on on Kobe World, they are going to be the two heavyweights are going to be at the open the Dream Gate title match, <laughs> which is why I kind of like I look at them as the two top baby faces in the company, and they are facing each other. It's very much a Tanahashi versus Okada situation, even though these two are of the same generation. It's not really like Okada and Tanahashi because they are of the same generation, but they're it's still a big they're, deal. Yeah, it's still the biggest two wrestlers in the company going against each other. And yeah, I, I, it is, of course, it's not going to be the main event anymore. The steel cage match is the main event, but it is a, a really big match that. As a selling point, the selling point of it is the two unit members going against each other. The the guy that started the year as Open the Dream Gate champion trying to get back his title that he won at Kobe World last year. And really just the two best wrestlers in the company having a big singles match. That's awesome. Is this a V1 for Madoka? This would be the fence one, yeah. So, anything else I should know about Decourage? Uh, no, that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, who is next? Uh, next we can talk about Sea Rats, uh, the other unit that got founded in twenty twenty two, 
when Shun it got formed out of the remnants of R of the RAD and Masquerade feud that led through all of 2021. If uh, as you mentioned earlier, you have kind of read into the story of Masquerade because it's a very unique story. Uh, yeah, like, I know a little bit. Like I know uh, he kind of he was losing it while he was there, and he yeah. they didn't want to wear the mask or. He ended up wearing all their, like having all their masks when he would come out. It that it is funny because that that whole storyline, it ended two units in R.E.D. and Masquerade, and it started two units in Decourage and uh, T-Brats. <laughs> because um, because of course Yuki Oshioka and Dragon Dia were a focal part of the Masquerade versus R.E.D. feud while Yuki Oshioka was under the Dia Inferno mask, and then. At the end of 2021, they they were on opposite sides in the tag tag match, and Shun and Diamante were on opposite sides. It was Shun Shun Skywalker and Diamante versus uh, no, it was Shun Skywalker and Dragon Dia of, of Masquerade versus R.E.D. Dia Inferno and uh, Diamante, and the, it was the the rule of the losing the guy that takes the pin would remove his mask. And Shun Skywalker, through his insanity that he had been building ever since he lost the, the Dreamgate title earlier in 2021, led him to kind of cost the Dragon Dia the, uh, the match and his mask, and Dragon Dia lost his mask. Uh, but in, in, uh, in the post-match angle, Yuki Oshioka, uh, or Dia Inferno, also took off his mask. And then... Uh, Dia, Dia Inferno and Dragon Dia kind of went both out of the both groups. So they, <laughs> like, they essentially like they took off their masks, left them behind, and moved yeah, on. and that was the formation of Decourage, kind of unofficially. It officially became a unit later that uh, at the start of 2022 when they joined at the start at the right after Seabrats had kind of formed. It is one of the most crazy angles of uh, 2022. Probably one of the most crazy angles of wrestling in this decade because it was so much that happened in a two-match stretch of a angle that kept going into the next angle in 2022, uh, at the first Corken of 2022, where R.E.D. Uh, and f faced off in a triangle gate match, which R.E.D. won... I, if I remember correctly, by Shun, by Shun joining R.E.D. and costing Masquerade the titles, and then R.E.D. kicked out Eita and Kaito Ishida from R.E.D. and and Jason and Kota Minora got kicked out of Masquerade, so Masquerade was basically dead, and that continued, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just gonna say it, it sounds like it just died a slow, painful death. Yeah, and it was all just in the same, same angle, and it just if it, it is so weird, it is such a like awesome angle when you watch it retrospectively, knowing all the stuff that w was gonna happen because it was so unique and like people were really confused when it was happening and like because there was so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds very theater. Like it sounds yeah, like yeah. very theater. which is all, all an awesome end to Masquerade, which was a very theater group. But yeah, 
right now it's led by Shun Skywalker. Uh, it is the lead heal unit, and the other members are Kai, Kyo, Diamante, who is a former CMLL wrestler, but is now a full-time Dragon Gate wrestler, and Ishin, who is a new newly heel turned rookie that turned heel on uh, Mochizuki Junior last year. Okay. So yeah. Um, most of my knowledge of Shin Skywalker is that he's literally insane. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, there is a YouTuber that has a full like breakdown of the whole story that is really great. Great. His name is Gut uh, Gut Doser. I definitely recommend looking up his his uh, like video about. Uh, Masquerade because it's a great story that you probably have never heard of if you haven't followed Dragon Gate. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. It's I like all these little notes you're giving me because it's it's nice to feel like learn about like the origins of these new factions that have come have come along. Yeah, I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, from what I'm hearing, it's uh, and there's the little thing going on. Then there's the kind of third faction that for- formed slash reformed in the 2022. Uh, M3K, led by Masaki Mochizuki. The other members are Susumu Mochizuki, Mochizuki, Yasushi Kanda, and Mochizuki Jr. Uh, Susumu Mochizuki was formerly known, or like, are it, in the 2010s, he was known as Susumu y- Yokosuka. And... And most of his Dragon Gate run was Susumu Yokosuka, but back in the day, uh, in Torimon, he was Susumu Mochizuki. And this is a unit that was, is a Torimon Japan unit, uh, which was the promotion that led into becoming Dragon Gate in the mid-2000s. Uh, which is a whole nother story that I don't have time to get into. <laughs> but... Uh, it is the veterans paying homage to the veteran group, but the main goal of it is to uh, bring in Mochizuki Jr., who is Masaki Mochizuki's uh, son. And uh, the name comes from uh, there are now there, because there is there are three Mochizukis. It, it is M three, and then the K stands for Yasushi Kanda. Uh, this is very much a like a tribute act uh, unit because they pay tribute to their gimmick back in the day, which was always true to try and ruin matches by having countouts and stuff like that. So if you see a, them force a countout, it's part of the story. It's part of their gimmick. It's not to to ruin a match or something. It's part of their, their gimmick. It, they do it because they pay homage to the whole their whole thing they were doing while they were heels back in Torimon Japan. But now they're, of course, veteran babyfaces. Uh, it sounds like uh, a Wadotai when they trip people. <laughs> yes. But it's yeah... Like uh, shenanigans. Oh, I miss those days. Mochizuki Jr. is, of course, the lead story of this unit because they wanted to have a unit to bring him into the fold of Dragon Gate and to get people familiar with him. And he had this great storyline earlier, uh, no, last year, where he was kind of feuding with Ishin, Ishin who was Ishin Ihashi, who was a, another second generation wrestler in this company. Like him and Mochizuki Jr. and Strong Machine J are the only three second generation wrestlers in this company. 
and Motosika Jr. and Ishin had this like undercard feud which led into having a father versus uh, father and father versus no father and son versus father and son match where Ishin Yahashi teamed with his father who is was a legendary uh, sumo sumo wrestler turned uh, normal wrestler whose name is Riki Yahashi Riki Riki Yahashi something like that and that led into Mochizuki Jr. and Ishin have it. Uh, after that, like son and father versus son and father match, uh, Mochizuki Jr. and Ishin kind of agreed that Ishin would join M3K as kind of a associate, which uh, in turn led to a one month ra- uh, run of him ha- uh, being in the unit. But then at Gate of Destiny, during the Triangle Gate match, he it turned out that he was Seabrat's ex, and he turned on M3K during the match when he came out. Ah, he was playing double agent. Yeah, and if it, it is Mochizuki Jr. is very much Ishin's uh, rival, and they are. I have compared them to these two are going to be generational rivals that are going to fight forever, much like Shingo Takagi and BB Hulk. I have said that these two are going to be a af, at the end of the 2020s. We are going to say, "Oh yeah, Ishin Yahashi and Mochizuki uh, Junior," or Ish, he's just all caps Ishin now. But Ishin, Ishin and Mochizuki Junior is going to be the like the 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 undercard feud that uh, kept going through 2020, but through the 2020s. It may even go. Yeah, it may even go to the main event. I've hope it will but that might have to wait until the next decade <laughs> only time will tell only time will tell with that that thing uh but yeah they, that that was why i mentioned m2k after that they aren't really that prominent but they they are the twin gate champions so right now susumi mochizuki and yasushi kanda are the twin gate champions right now so but that's good um, to learn yeah then there is Natural Vibes, which is the biggest unit, the the, lar- the the largest unit, and the longest running unit. They have been running since like 2018, I, if I recall. And that is a pretty long runtime for a Dragon Gate unit. <laughs> um, yeah. I was like, it sounds like it. Yeah, like for how sure. Everything moves fast in the, it sounds like everything moves fast in Dragon Gate. It, it really does. Not even, not just the wrestling, but the storylines and everything else move really fast. Uh, it's led by uh, Natural Vibes. It's led by Casey. The other members are Strong Machine J, Big Boss Shimizu, UT, Jackie Funky Kame, and Jason Lee. This uh, faction actually has four champions. Um, Casey, Big Boss Shimizu, and Jackie Funky Kame are the Triangle Gate champions, which are the trio title. And Jason Lee is the Brave Gate champion, which is the junior heavyweight title. So this unit is all about good vibes only. They they are all about getting the crowd hyped and having a great time watching them wrestle, and that leads into them becoming being really popular with the fans. Uh, yeah, Jason Jackie, uh, yeah. Because I saw that Dead or Alive that came out and they're like interacting with the crowd while they were doing their interview. yeah, yeah. They are really over. Uh, Jason Jackie also has a subunit that is a Kobe. Uh, that is an exclusive unit to the city of Kobe, which has a lot of Chinese influence. Uh, 
they they are a subunit with uh, Ho Ho Lun, and the, the, it's called Kung Fu Masters. So that is a like Kobe exclusive subunit of Natural Vibes. I it it it, it they bring it they bring it uh, up when they are in Kobe. Okay, and they're gonna be in Kobe for their pay per view, right? Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, like I I don't think Ho Ho Lun will wrestle at. Kobe World and Jason will defend his Brave Gate title and Jackie will be in the trios title match. So, unfortunately, no Kung Fu Masters at Kobe World. <laughs> oh no! But uh, Ho Ho Loon does commentary, doesn't he? Yeah, he does commentary with Jay Church. Um, who we... Jay is also the English com uh, the English translator for the Dragon Gate. He's very quick with uh, like translating promos and all that. So they have a pretty good English commentary. That's good. It's good to hear because a lot, of, a lot of companies, uh, some of the guys need to speed it up. For sure. Then there's the last faction, uh, Gold Class, Kota Minora. It's led by Kota Minora, and the rest of the members are Ben K, BB Hulk, and Minorita, who is a rookie. Minorita is um, a kind of mini version of Kota Minora. That's his whole gimmick. But yeah, this this whole unit is a unit all for the female audience. They like to show off how cool and masculine they are for the female audience, and they like to they like to really show off and be like, and that get, uh, makes people think that they are a heel group, but they're really not. They're more just tweeners. They they can act a bit heelish, but they will. They are also so over with the fans as just uh, baby faces also. So. Uh, I, this is the only true tweener faction in this company, in my opinion. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of Benke. I actually did get I had a chance to see him live in San Francisco. He wrestled Brian Keith. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was great. That was right after Benke had has had his uh, like character change. Yeah, he has all the because, chains. I love. Yeah, sorry, I love like when uh, before the match starts, he takes them off one by one, then he hangs them up. Yeah. Yeah, he he has he has definitely like been he has been so like changed by the by this whole gimmick change and it's such an improvement from what he has he had been doing because he he had been doing kind of I hate to say it but he had been kind of doing a wish version of Shingo Takagi. <laughs> <laughs> I like can, I can see it. And then but uh, then he turned he uh, like he turned on high end and joined gold class and when he did that it was almost like a switch changed in him and he became this charismatic like guy that go goes into the camera and spe- and d- just doesn't shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's re- really entertaining. But yeah, the, that is that are the units shortly explained. I try to be as short as possible. But there are, okay. of course, a lot to say about the units. <laughs> More information, the better. Uh, yeah, the the rest of the roster is pretty unaffiliated, but you can see them sometimes team up with some of the members of the units if they don't fit. Uh, every like if they don't fit u- the unit members into a certain match or something like that. But the rest of the roster is pretty like unaffiliated. The biggest names on the rest of the roster is Yamato, who is the former ace, but he, he is still pretty relevant as a as a like big star. He's not a main eventer anymore, but he 
definitely is a guy that gets big matches and works a lot as an ambassador for the company outside of Dragon Gate. And of course, you see that now because he has a special interpromotional match with Hiromu Takahashi at Kobe War. Which was huge because I did see the, uh, the this hearing the crowd's reaction to when Hiromu's face popped up. Or not even yeah. his face, when the, the emblem, the New Japan emblem popped up. Yeah. I, I was, when the New Japan emblem popped up, I was expecting Shingo because he worked Final Gate uh, last year. So I was expecting him to be back that, for Kobe. But I was shocked that it was Hiromu, and I'm I, I'm almost glad it's Hiromu because him and Yamato is a fresh match that I've never seen before. So I've only seen their like one exchange during the All Star Junior Festival earlier this year, which of course set up this match. <laughs> mm. And then he cut the. You mentioned it after his in his post match at Dominion, right? That's when he talked about it more, Hiromu. I I haven't seen that promo, but I okay. think so. <laughs> yeah, he he mentioned uh, Yamato in a little bit. He's like he said something along the lines of like it's time to pay back the favor. Yeah, uh, well the thing was Yamato uh, during the All Star Junior Festival earlier this year, which w- of course was produced by Hiromu Takahashi. He said like he was very like oh you New Japan only wants to bring in a smaller companies when they want to pop a house. They they only want to bring in us to get more uh, more fans in the building and more fans of our promotion into the building and try to steal fans from us. And he was very like, you guys are just stealing. <laughs> you you guys are just trying to leech away fans from our pro- product. And uh, that that is the whole like uh, heat he has with Hiromu and. It, I I do think that him and Hiromu is going to be a show stealer at Kobe World. It is, of course, a very like it will bring people in uh, kind of match, but I definitely think that they have the potential to deliver on that because definitely. Yamato Yamato is a bit form- formulaic uh, as a as a wrestler. His body is pretty broken down. He was, of course, the ace for all of the 2010s, so it it is understandable, but he still can go a lot when he wants to. And he showed that last year when he faced uh, Yuki Oshoka for the Dream- Open the Dream Gate title. Okay, cool. Yeah, because if it's anything like Hiromu, when Hiromu kicked in the gear against Leo Rush, it should be a lot of fun. For sure. Uh, there, Then there is Naruki Doi. He is a freelancer currently. He... He is a guy that works everywhere currently, but he is still associated with Dragon Gate more than, like, say, Eita is. Eita works Dragon Gate from time to time, but he is more a full-on freelancer than Naruki Doi is. He had a stint in DDT, didn't he? Yes, he did. He was the Universal uh, Champion. He also was the All Japan Super uh, Super Junior Champion. World Junior Champion, I'm sorry. Uh... So I think he held both those titles at the same time earlier this year, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool to see because not, not a lot of companies allow that. Yeah, I it was really cool to have this like picture of a a Dragon Gate wrestler coming in to, to wrestle a Dragon Gate show, coming out with both the, the, the DDT Universal title and the All Japan Junior title. It was kind of a surreal feeling because normally Dragon Gate is so locked locked kind of they are so 
on their own and away from everywhere else. But this year they have been this year and last year they have been very much more open to working with outside people more and having outside people more in their company. Like it 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 has been really cool to see. It is. Because a lot of times, like, let's say, like, let's take Asuka, for example, Venny, when she, she is the Sendai champion, but a lot of places she goes, she doesn't bring the belt with her. So a lot yeah. of people wouldn't even know she is the champion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Every match in the Catch the Wave, she come, doesn't come out with it. I, I noticed yeah. that now, recently, because I was watching it. Uh, just being able to, like, have him coming out with both belts, having them both be represented, and it be visual, visible, and so you know, like, oh, he's champion in two different places so he must be good yeah and of course he is a former big like main eventer in dragon gate he is one of the big one of the former big six which i'll talk a bit about later but he he the in the last couple of years he had, has been kind of slowing down and kind of moving on from the main event scene just like yamato and bb hulk has and this whole thing this year working freelance everywhere feels like such a I am going everywhere, working everywhere because this is going to be my last year as an active wrestler. <laughs> that is what I've been thinking every match with Naruka Doi this year and it, it really feels like he might end, at the end of the year he's going to announce that he's going to retire uh, during 2024. That is my prediction. I might be wrong on that but that is my prediction on that. <laughs> Kind of sounds like Tam. Like she, it feels like this whole thing is just one big giant retirement tour for. Her. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely similar vibes. Of course, Naruka Doi has wrestled like twice the amount of time Tom Nakano has, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like I like, I like that that he was able to like he right now he's basically doing his tour right now and saying I'm gonna work wherever and whatever wherever and whenever I want basically. Yeah, and then there are. The, the two the two last dragons in the Dragon Gate promotion. Of course, we talked about Dragon Daya earlier. Now we'll talk about his like predecessors. First of all, the guy he he was trained by, Dragon Kid. Dragon Kid very much was the ace of the Brave Gate scene, of the junior heavyweight scene in Dragon Gate for the last almost for all of Dragon, Dragon Gate's existence since it became Dragon Gate, since Tournament Japan ended. Dragon Kid very much is Dragon Gate's Rey Mysterio. And he has said this multiple times himself, Dragon Kid wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Rey Mysterio. And it is kind of like Dragon Kid, it, most, most people in the crowd, like, you know, in WWE, you will see kids with the Rey Mysterio mask in the crowd. In yeah. Dragon Gate, you will see people with the Dragon Kid mask in, in the crowd. Kids all over the place. Like, I'm sure if you go back to shows during the mid-2010s, you will see, like, a kid Dragon Daya in the crowd with <laughs> the Dragon, Dragon Kid mask, and that's why he became Dragon Daya. It, it is, like, this whole generational thing, which, of course, was started by... Dragon Kid's trainer, Ultimo Dragon, the legendary Ultimo Dragon. The every, everyone knows who Ultimo Dragon is, I'm sure. But if I, he because of he wrestled in WCW and all that. Yeah, I had a chance to see him in LA. Uh, 
I would, fortunately, um, I chose to go to ROH instead, but he was at the show right after uh, TJPW. Yeah, he was at, uh, oh, what's it called? It was Prestige. like the, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ultimo Dragon came back to the company in 2019. He, of course, had been gone from the company ever since he signed with WWE in 2004. And that kind of, and him signing with WWE kind of birthed uh, Dragon Gate. It is kind of funny that that's, that's true, but it is true. Because Torimon Japan then changed name to Dragon Gate. And they, they kind of re... They went from being a lucha Japanese pro... Uh, promotion to being a more plural promotion and doing their own thing, kind of. Ah, oh, okay. So that's an, that's an interesting note to have. Very interesting note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have to get too much into it, but do you know how Dragon Gate USA came about? Uh, Dragon Gate USA came... I f- if I remember correctly, it came about because they wanted to their their wrestlers had already been working ROH and stuff like that, and they want they had seen that and wanted to kind of like earn some money on that and kind of do the same thing and maybe even bring in some outsiders uh, to the company, which of course became true because Ricochet came into the company via Dragon Gate USA, and yeah, that that is pretty much it. They they saw the indie scene at the time was like. On a whole nother level than where it is now. I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. 20, like 20, 2008 to, 2000, uh, to 2011, 2012, that was the perfect time for independent wrestling in the States. And it's like, so, because 2008 is when I stopped watching. <laughs> I was like, so I missed the good part of yeah. the indie scene. I was like, oh man, when I came back, I was like, what? I missed all of this. And, but, but I definitely, I, do you think that the main thing about it was that they had been working a lot with ROH and they... I, I might be wrong on that. I'm not that good on the history of Dragon Gate USA. But it's definitely... It was definitely a, a, something that could only happen in that time period. It happened. Like, they saw that the, they saw that there was an interest in the band there and they are like, oh, let's, let's, see, let's check it out. Let's see if it'll work. And it did, because I did... I ended up watching, I think it was... From 2009, I watched Danielson versus Takagi. Oh, yeah. There are some classic matches in the Dragon Gate USA library. library. But uh, a sad, a sad, I don't know what, why, how this happened. But sadly, the library of Dragon Gate uh, USA is owned by WWE. I don't know who, if, how that happened, but it, it is owned by WWE. And WWE refuses to do anything with it because, because of course they they do. <laughs> Ultimo had to sell something <laughs> he needed. I I, I don't think uh, Dragon Gate USA was after Ultimo's uh, time period with the company, so that's yeah. I don't think that happened. But yeah. it's probably yeah. just the distributor that had it, like yeah. they bought whoever whoever owned the tapes. They bought them, so they ended up with them. It really sucks though because. Yeah. There are some great matches that are very lost uh, or very hard to find yeah. in that archive. <laughs> It'd be like if they ended up with the um, like the TNA library. They, we'd never see that again. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, that has been the, the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that uh, introduction. There's a lot, a lot of things I got to, uh, while I'm watching, I'm like, oh, like when I'm seeing things happen, like, okay, yeah, I, I know about that. Um, let's move on to the current champions. Let's do that. 
Okay. Uh, the current champions. Well, I still I talked about him earlier. Uh, the Open the Dreaming champion, which is the world title, is currently held by Madoka Kikura in his first reign. He won it at Dead or Alive from Shun Skywalker, and he has made no successful defenses yet because he hasn't defended it yet. But um, this is his first title reign, as I said, and he is also the youngest Open the Dreamgate champion ever, being 23 years old. <laughs> Younger crazy. than me. That, it, is a, it, it is a crazy age to be the, to be the Open the Dream, Dreamgate champion. Um, he debuted in 2020 during the pandemic. Oh, that's crazy. And he... Oh, that's crazy. They strapped a rocket to him, it sounds like. They really did. So, Madoka Kikura already early on was, like, slided for something big. Because in his, like, some... Under 20... He had had under 20 singles matches before he challenged for the Open the Dream Gear title in... Um, in 2021 at Dead or Alive. And that was against Shun Skywalker in 2021. Mask Raid Shun Skywalker. Babyface Shun Skywalker. Kikura was then part of R.E.D. And he, he was in his first character, which was hip-hop Kikura, which was kind of a heel character. Uh, then, but Madoka Kikura, unfortunately in that match, after four minutes, Madoka Kikura took a drop toe hold to a normal drop toe hold from you, you, uh, from Shin Skywalker, and his shoulder got popped out, and his shoulder got injured, and the match was quickly stopped. Uh, Shin Skywalker had had him in the Fujiwara armbar on the other arm. Uh, the finish was that uh, that he that Shin had him in a Fujiwara armbar on the other arm, that then the shoulder that had got popped out, and like. Kikura was refusing to give up and, and refusing to give up, and then Eita threw in the towel. So that was the finish to the 2021 match. Then Madoka Kikura came back one year later. He, the injury took him out for a whole year. And he came back one year, one year later at the very same show, in the very same building. And he kind of like, it was kind of a slow return, because he... he if he felt kind of directionless, and then he joined the Courage, which turned into this big, like magical place for him almost. Uh, that just was felt such 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 a good place for him, and he became such a good babyface. Then Shun Skywalker won the title back from Yuki Oshioka earlier this year, uh, in January, and it was kind of like I. Instantly, when Shun won the title, I knew that Dead or Alive 2023 was going to be Shun Skywalker versus Madoka Kikura. I I knew it instantly because they there were no there was no way they weren't going to run back back that match that kind of we never got to see finish because it was a four minute match that got ended due to an injury. And um, but they kind of like moved away from that. For a bit, because Yuki Oshoka and uh, Madoka Kikura won the Reyes de Pereas tournament, which was a tag league they had from February to March, and it almost seemed like they were going to run them as a tag team for the rest of the year, but they lost uh, the Twin Gate challenge they had, and 
then Kikura won a number one contendership match uh, over Kota Minora. And during why when he won the uh, before the build up to the Kota Minora match, he was just he was just saying that he was interested in it had nothing to do with the 2021 match and it had nothing to do with wanting to redeem himself for that loss. It was all, all just because he wanted to to win the win the title. But then in the post-match promo after beating Kota Minora, he basically reverted back and said, no, this was always about me coming back and redeeming my, that loss. <laughs> I was always going to go. It was such a great promo. It was such a great moment. And so... And Madoka Kikura has this great babyface charisma that makes it makes you like really invested in what he says. And when he said when he said that, you could hear Corkin was like, "Yes," and like really, yeah, it was so awesome. And of course, that led into the awesome match at at Dead or Alive, him versus Shun Skywalker. Now the roles reversed, same building, same. Same title, everything, but roles were reversed. Now, Madoka Kikura was the underdog babyface. He was, and Shun Skywalker was the insane heel champion that wanted to destroy him. Yeah, because I remember uh, during that match when Shun would get a near fall, you could hear the crowd disdain for it. Like, they were like, no, yeah. we don't want him to win. Yeah. This was very much a like, I, there are two matches this year where I, I don't. I don't know. I. I would hate to live in the reality where the matches were changed. Uh, where like, where where the results that did did happen didn't happen. I would hate to live in that reality. But I would want. I almost want to see what that reality would. Uh, what the crowd reaction for that would have been, and the first first one for that is I would really much like to see what how the crowd would have reacted if Tom Nocno had not won the title from Julia. Because that whole match was worked so much, like Tom Nocno was going to win that title, that match, <laughs> and then this match, of course. Uh, I don't know how this crowd would have reacted if Kikura had lost, because he he was clearly the guy that everyone wanted to win. Everyone watching the show wanted him to win. Like there was not a single person I saw that was mad that uh, Shun Skywalker had lost the title, because he had already held the title. <laughs> yeah, because if he would have won. Clap, clap or not, you would have heard boos, loud boos. Yeah, it it's definitely it, it was definitely a moment, and the match was so well worked. It was so perfectly worked. It is my like you already can hear from the way I'm talking about this match that mm. it's probably my match of the year, and you would be right. It is my match of the year right now, uh, as far as into twenty twenty two three we are. Just the yeah. counters and everything they were doing, they were it was just a f- awesome match. And again, it was also a lot of callbacks to the 2021 match. They the the Fujiwara armbar spot, they went back to so many times and like really made you believe that uh, Kikura was going to give up this time and not have because no one were was available to throw in throw in the towel because the courage had been I I. I don't remember, but I do. I do think that uh, they had said something about the, that not being allowed this this time. The the whole match was just so perfectly worked uh, as a babyface versus heel match, and the whole post match angle is even more big. <laughs> but yeah, 
That's great. I just wanted to say, like, I could definitely hear it in your voice, the way you're talking about the match, how excited it gets you. Yeah, it is. It is. A ma- like, if you want to hear a full, like, instant review of the match, you can go back and listen to the Dramatic Dream Dragons uh, instant review of Dead or Alive, and you can hear how just still emotional I am just five hours after the show ended. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, you, in, yeah, when you said instant, it's instant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then in the post-match promo, uh, so I'll talk about this now because it it has so much to do with uh, Madoka Kikura being the champion that I have to say it now. Um, after the match, Madoka Kikura took to the mic and he said, he basically confirmed that the generation shift that we have been seeing that Dragon Gate fans have been seeing since like uh, since 2020 have been realized. It it is it has happened because there is now a new generation that is the top stars. We there are this is no longer the company of Yamato, BB Hulk, Naruki Doi, Shigo Takagi, and Masaru Yoshino, or Akira Tozawa. This is the new this is the new Dragon Gate, and he nominated. The people I just mentioned, Naru- uh, Naruki Doi, Yamato, BB Hulk, Akira Dusawa, Shingo Takagi, and Masaru Yoshino, those were the last big six of Dragon Gate. That, their era was from 2000, 2010 to, to 2020, I would say. The 2021, when Masaru Yoshino retired. Now is the era of the new Big Six, which Kikura pro- uh, proclaimed the Reiva Generation uh, Big Six. And he nominated himself, Yuki Oshioka, his tag partner, Strong Machine J, Ben K, Kota Minora, and the opponent he had just beaten for the opening Dream League title, Shin Skywalker. This, as a promo was such a major thing for Dragon Gate. It it is almost like it is almost like uh, it is almost like Shota Umino, Renarita and Yota Suji would would go out at the end of the uh, Wrestle Kingdom and say Okada, Okada, Naito and everyone else their era is over. We are now the, the, the top stars of the company. But this has been built up for so long now that it just fits. Yeah, especially yeah. with the with the little I know about those six guys, that's a lot, that's a insane crop of talent right there. It is. It is. It is for sure a big crop of talent, and they are what the big six in Dragon Gate represented in in the twenty tens was those. Those six, Akira Tozawa not so much because he was a Brave Gate wrestler. He he was very much on the undercard, and then he left because of the, because of that very same reason in 2016. But uh, they, they, those guys were very much the guys that were in the main events. Like the 2010s are the is the era of Shingo Takagi, Yamato, BB Hulk, Naruki Doi, and Masaru Yoshino. And you see that in the opening Dream Gate title lineage because you can see the title, like yes, 
other people than them won it from time to time. But those people, it, the title would go back to them when it, it when the company needed it. These mm. and that's kind of what they are doing now. That they have chosen this these new six as the guys that will lead the company forward and be the. If one gets injured, another one will be able to step up and hold the title and move on. And all a big thing about this, of course, is that all of these wrestlers are very young. Uh, ben, I Ben K is the oldest, and he's thirty. That he's is barely hitting his prime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ben K, Yuki Oshioka, and Shun Skywalker all debuted in twenty sixteen. They are the all, the most experienced wrestlers of the of the big six. Strong Machine J debuted in twenty nineteen. Kota Minora debuted in twenty eighteen, and Madoka Kikura debuted in twenty twenty. So yeah, that is the major story that is going on right now in Dragon Gate. I there are more that I can talk about, but the, this. These big six are the big six names to know if you're going to go into Dragon Gate as a new viewer. Okay, cool. That's one of the big things I wanted to learn about was the thing with the big six. Yeah. Uh, we we don't know exactly how the success of this is going to go. Because this is, of course, a very like major risk to take. <laughs> but I'm... We'll see. Uh, of course... Every one of these guys are involved in big matches at Kobe World, and you can you can kind of see that they they want to they want people to to focus on them and not even though they have the big Yamato singles match, that is still just a a interpromotional uh, special singles match, not nothing more. These guys are Dragon Gate. Awesome. Um... It sounds like Dragon Gate's future is in good hands. And, you know, God forbid, barring any injuries, um, a lot of times, you know, an injury opens up another opportunity for another wrestler. So if anything does happen, we'll see who steps up. For sure. And that's the, the good part of having six guys to rely on and not three or four, even though that is also a pretty yeah. solid way of doing it. You We've always want to have... yeah. You always want to have at least at least like four people to go back on for the company not to be just the same kind of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we've seen that recently too. Like uh some promotions they have they've had to pivot title matches and it just worked out perfectly for another person. For sure. The other titles I can briefly explain also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I don't have that much to say about the other subtle titles because they those scenes are pretty pretty interchangeable. Like those those scenes aren't as complicated as the open the dream gate uh, scene right now. Uh, the open the bring the champion Jason Lee. The he, this is the junior heavyweight title. You have to be exactly uh, eighty three kilograms or I think that's one hundred and seventy pounds or something like that. But Sometimes they go away from that rule, and if the challenger makes sense, but that is the junior heavyweight title, the the fast paced like title that rarely goes over twenty minutes long, and it's currently held by Jason Lee, who 
is actually not from Japan. He is a Chinese wrestler. He actually, this is a fun little fact, he actually wrestled in the Cruiserweight Classic in 2016. That's crazy. Yeah, a lot of faces were in there. Yeah, and he, he was, he, yeah, him and Holun uh, kind of came to Dragon Gate after that. And, but they have been kind of like doing whatever they've, They've both been doing their own thing. Ho Lun has been more of an ambassador, and Jason Lee has been more of a in-ring worker and a part of the roster. That's cool. I like that. There's a little uh, Hong Kong affiliation there. Yeah, it's uh, that it, it is really cool. Uh, then there's the Open the Twin Gate titles. I would say these two, these titles are the secondary titles in Dragon Gate. These titles are the. Um, this is not like in New Japan where the heavyweight titles are rarely held by the ace. In Dragon Gate, the Twin Gate title will be has been held by the big the big stars multiple times. It it is if you're not it, it is you can see the the f- former champion go go and win the open the twin gate title after they have lost the the dream gate title. It's not that that uh, un, uncommon. Which, of course, is a bit different from how New Japan does uh, tag team divisions. Okay, so like, yeah, it, there's a lot of possibilities for like double champion. Yeah, that that I don't remember if there has been a Twin Gate and Dream Gate champion at the same time in recent memory, but I do think it has happened before. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Madoka do it. Honestly, I. I it could happen. It, we'll see how that happens when because yeah. he's of course facing Yuki Yoshioka, his tag team partner. So we'll see what that does to their relationship. Yeah, I I do think that that match can ruin the relationship. Uh, the Twin Gate titles are currently held by Susumu Mochizuki and Yasushi Kanda, the veteran uh, duo of um, the M3K. They are actually known as the oldest tag team in Dragon Gate history. Because they they are were a a original tag team that no that kind of was a tag team back in the day in Dragon Gate in in tournament Japan. I mean, oh yeah, so they so yeah. their legacy goes way back. Yeah, and they they are they are definitely in the veteran role, which is why I uh, and why they won the titles is because I. First of all, I think it's because Yoshushi Kanda in particular is in the in the career renaissance at the moment. He uh, this has been this has been the best year he has wrestled in years, <laughs> and he has he has been putting on a great effort. They won the titles from Shuji Kondo and Keno uh, of Pro Wrestling Noah uh, Keno, and yeah. People were a bit shocked about that because they were expecting Congo to hold the titles uh, to Kobe World, the biggest show mm-hmm. of the year. But the thing was that I, 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 however, saw this as they are putting the, the titles on a veteran Dragon Gate team so that one of the young guys can win the titles from the veterans. Ah, sounds like something a lot of other promotions should do. <laughs> of course, the problem here, here is that the I was expecting them to f- ch- uh, be challenged by one of the big six, and they got challenged by one of the big six, but only one. Unfortunately, they got but ch- they got challenged by Ben K and BB Hulk of Gold Class. 
Of course, BB Hulk is a veteran. He is one of the last big six. So, and this is also Ben K, who is a, one of the new big six. So it, it is kind of a, a, a two, one veteran and one newer star challenging at Kobe World. Tag team. Yeah. But uh, BB Hulk especially is a guy that has, his body has taken its toll over the years. And him in single settings are, is very like questionable these days because he can, some, sometimes you can see that he phones it in and he is very careful with the spots he takes because his body is very hurt. But him in gold class has been a pretty good run so far because he joined earlier this year, and I do think that Ben K and BB Hulk could be a good team to win the titles from Susumu and Kanda at Kobe. And, I mean, it works, because BB Hulk, even though his body is pretty broken down, he still can put on really great performance in the performances in the tag matches. That's good. Yeah, I've seen uh, BB Hulk. He can still move. That's, that's the good yeah. thing. Like, he still moves like water when he needs to. When he needs to, yeah. Um, yeah. BB Hulk, of course, is a legendary wrestler in the Dragon Gate, uh, Dragon Gate uh, like <laughs> history. <laughs> like uh, people will, of course, always be no have heard of Shingo Takagi and BB Hulk's legendary singles matches. Mm-hmm. It is cool because uh, yeah, with Gold Class, he, like they have like the gold in common, but like they're all their looks are different. Yeah, for sure. That it is a unit for for the females, but you it it you can find your type in all of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, looking at the faces in the crowds of Dragon Gate shows is predominantly female. That is, yeah, I mean that is a big marketing part of their 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 whole company yeah. that they want to get get as much female fans as possible. And historically, there this company has had a lot of female fans. Even a lot of Joshi girls show up. Oh crowd. yeah. Mayu Iwatani would never be a wrestler if not for Dragon Gate. Remember that. <laughs> That's good, because a lot of those girls see a death match and are like, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Then there is the Open the Triangle Gate title, currently held by Natural Vibes, Spiko Shimizu, Casey, and Jackie Funky Kame. Uh, this title is a unit is a um, unit title, I almost call it, because it is a title that follows the, the unit storylines, and it it's a title that change, changes hands a lot of the time, but it it has a lot of great matches with those. And they like to have a well-balanced uh, trio hold the titles. Like, they like to have uh, people that do different things in the trio. They very, very rarely give the titles to three people that do the same thing. But, but they can do that with the Twin Gate, but with the Triangle Gate, they try to stray away from that. Like, right now, they have Big Boss Shimizu. He's the big guy. Then they have Casey. He's kind of an all-around kind of wrestler. And then they have Jackie Funky Kame, who is a very junior heavyweight-style wrestler who is very fast-paced and also very young. And that is a part of the how most of their, those matches go. And it's really cool. And it always leads to fun matches that can... Be, go so fast that you miss a lot of the stuff that happens because they do so much because there are so many people and it, it is a very lucha title of course because of that that very thing and 
both the Twin Gates and Triangle Gates are, by the way, fought under Lucha rules, which means you don't need to tag out to make to be a legal man in the match. Yeah, it helps keep the uh, pace of the match up. For sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nacho, Nacho Vibes will be defending the titles against Gold Class, uh, Kota Minora, and his mini, the mini version of Kota Minora, Minorita, and the founder of Gold Class, who no longer is in Gold Class, but he founded the group and then he left to become a freelancer, Naruki Doi. <laughs> How this match was set up was pretty funny because they, uh, Kota Minora and, and uh, Minorita made a challenge to Natural Vibes and they said, we nominate Naruki Doi as uh, the founder of Gold Class, Naruki Doi, as our uh, partner. Then Naruki Doi came out and said, I don't want to do that. But then the GM said, actually, I have found the perfect guy to be Kota Minori and Minorita's partner. It is Naruki Doi. <laughs> so... <laughs> Naruki Doi kind of got gaslit into be be part of this match, and it's really funny. <laughs> That's funny. The GM came out and said, "Well, actually, yeah, this is <laughs> this this uh this is a company that has a, a set GM that sets all the matches, and the match. If you want to make a challenge for a title, you have to also get the GM's approval." And it's a really fun gimmick that they have done a long, a long time, and uh, it's a lot of a lot. It leads to a lot of promos and stuff like that. And uh, of course, the, the GM, who is a former wrestler that sometimes wrestles these days, uh, Rio Saito, is very charismatic. It gets the crowd really engaged with what he's saying and all that. So it's it's really cool. All all those promos are really fun. That's cool to see. Like it. That the ownership gets involved in a good way. Yeah, but that 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 has been the titles. Uh, there are of course more to say about him, but it it doesn't need to be said on the first time. Listen, yeah, it's all good. The brief introductory is fine. Yeah. Um, you want to move it over? Should we? Is there any like other current happenings that are going on in Dragon Gate? Well, I can uh. Talk about the main event of Kobe World. <laughs> I should probably mention that since Kobe World is on the horizon. Yeah, we can run down like what what we know of the card so far, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so I've I've talked about the title matches. Uh, you've heard me talk about the title matches there, so I don't need to mention those. Uh, but the quick rundown of the card is here. Let me get it. I know there's the steel cage match, the Dream Gate yeah, match. This, yeah, the steel cage match is the main event. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Twin Gate match, Susumu Mochizuki and Yasushi Kondo defending against Ben K and BB Hulk of Gold Class. Then there's Yamato versus Hiromu Takahashi in a special interpromotional singles match. Then there is the Open the Triangle Gate titles, title match, KC, Big Bo Shimizu, Jackie Funky Kame of Natural Vibes. Defending it against Kota Minora, Minorita, and Naruki Doi. Then there is the Open the Dreamgate title match, Madoka Kikura defending against his tag partner, Yuki Oshioka. And then in the main event is a Mascara contra Mascara match, which means mask versus mask, five way steel cage survival match. Ultimo Dragon versus Strong Machine J. Versus Shin Skywalker versus Diamante versus Dragon Kid. 
I'll this steel cage match. Like, first of all, they have steel cage steel cage matches. They have done a lot in this the, this company. Normally, it happens at Dead or Alive. This is the first time it happens at Kobe World, which is their biggest show of the year. And um, this year, it is happening because a lot of storylines kind of connected into one, um, into one like big match for this because um. Shun Skywalker and Strong Machine J had been had been feuding all this year. Uh, the one successful defense Shun Skywalker had in his second reign was over Strong Machine J, who uh, was a like in Strong Machine J's first ever trial at trying to get uh, be a main eventer. He, he of course lost uh, against Shun. but later later in the year he got nominated as one of the big six, and he. He kind of felt out of place because he hasn't really proven himself worthy of that spot yet. He he has never like been a major champion. The, he has only been the Triangle Gate champion. He has never ho- even held the Twin Gates. Uh, so he kind of felt he kind of felt like the odd man out of the Big Six and the guy that didn't really belong. And Shun Skywalker really pointed that out and like said, "You have no right being here." And you you are on not on our level. And Strong Machine J even agreed with that and kind of like fired up and said, No, I'm gonna prove myself to you, especially to you, that I'm I belong with you you other six. And that was kind of a feud that they were having. While that was also happening, uh Shun Skywalker's tag team partner, Diamante, was uh, kind of doing the same thing, but more more just about the mask versus Ultimo Dragon. He just wanted a singles match, and he was willing to put up a singles match, uh, the, uh, the mask to get the singles match, and he just wanted the single, the singles match with Ultimo Dragon. And Ultimo Dragon kept dodging him and dodging him and saying, "Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to bother about you. Who cares?" I don't. <laughs> he was kind of big leaguing him and saying that Diamante didn't, uh, didn't need to face him. Didn't they do a thing where they suspended him because he wouldn't sign a match? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And during that time, Dragon Kid was his spokesperson because Ultimate Dragon is, of course, Dragon Kid's uh, trainer and and mentor. And he always treats uh, Dragon Kid very, very, very poorly. He very he doesn't like Dragon Kid. That's the whole story between that. He he. Dragon Kid looks up to Ultimate Dragon and looks cares for him as a trainer, but Ultimate Dragon doesn't care about Dragon Kid at all. <laughs> and that's a, it's a very sad story. <laughs> and but um, Dragon Kid was kind of the spokesperson for uh, Ultimate Dragon, and he said he said because Ultimate Dragon was like almost refusing to to take part of the the steel cage match, and then Dragon Kid said. No, I I will come into the cage and help you win. The, I will help you defend your mask, and that's why he that why that's why he is the fifth man in the cage. So this is a whole like you, store big story ma- match where the lo- the last man in the ring, the last man in the cage will lose his mask. Everyone mm. is willing to put on. Put up their mask on the line, but the the last guy remaining in the cage will lose his mask. So 
the match will be escape only, of course. No pinfalls or submissions. And first, this is how something Dragon Gate does different from every other cage matches. They like to put the prices, put something at the top of the ma- uh, the at the top of the cage that you have to get before you can escape. And that and in this case, it is the mask. Normally, the, it has been a flag or something like that. Now it is the mask. You will uh, have to go and get a replica version of your mask, and then you will be allowed to escape. Ah, okay. So, like, what if someone grabs the wrong mask and escapes? They have to go back in. I, I, I don't think that counts. They have to go for their own mask, which is which leads to a. a there has been times before where people have gotten the, the where people have gotten the flag, the flag when they have done the flag version of this and thrown it to the other guy, to help if they've been allied in the match, and but of course when you get your mask you are allowed to escape, and the masks are on top of the cage so you can get your mask and then escape immediately. Ah, okay, so it, it's a little interesting little bit, and also opens up like just some, some little small possibilities of things that could happen in the match. For sure, because you, of course, of course, every every five, all five of them can end up getting uh, capturing their mask, but they won't won't be able to escape, maybe. So they, they, that can always happen. That has happened before, where everyone has gotten the death their flag or the thing they need to get, and they and but no one has been able to escape yet. <laughs> that it ha- has happened before. So if, like, yeah, you don't that, have to you don't have to get it on your way out and and escape at the same time. You can go up, get it, and then escape later. Yeah, that is that is a thing that can happen. But of course, this will only end when there is one guy left in, and that guy will be forced to remove his mask forever. Poor Dragon Kid. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it's gonna be Dragon Kid. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really cool, cool match. <laughs> yeah, I was very interested in that because I saw, I saw like the announcement for it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on here, but I need, you know, I need context. And also, another, another thing that is also a rule for this is that all, all of the units and all of the rest, rest of the roster are banned from ringside. So rosters can't help uh, the the people in the match get the masks and stuff like that. Oh, okay, so it's just like, yeah, you're on your own, basically. Yeah. And, of course, I this makes so much sense as the main event. It is such a, like, big match. Like, they rarely do the steel cage anymore. And this has the biggest build possible. Like, Yuki Yoshoka and Madoka Kikura has a lot of build, but it's still just a normal singles match for the... But it is for the world title. But it's still just a normal singles match. So this match main eventing makes so much sense. Well, the crowd's gonna be hot for it too. Especially sure. filming right off the title match. They're already gonna be buzzing. For sure. But yeah, that is gonna be on July 2nd in uh uh Kobe World Kinnon Hall, World Memorial Hall. That is where why the the show is kind of nicknamed Kobe World. Because it is in Kobe and it is in that uh, World Memorial Hall. Okay, cool. 
Thank you. It was a good thank you for teaching me about Dragon Gate Catch Me Up before the pay-per-view. For sure. Uh before we move over to Joshi and whatever else you want to talk about, I uh need to just uh plug that next week uh my show, Dramatic Dream Dragons on the Five Star Network, will be dropping a a general guide which is very similar to what I just talked with you about. But me and my co-host Dylan Fox uh talked for almost two hours yesterday about just everything you need to b- know about Dragon Gate when going in as a new fan. Uh, we expand uh, all the all the stuff I talked about today. We expanded on, and we even gave some a lot of history, and we gave we also gave a lot of match recommendations and all that jazz. And it was a really good recording. So definitely look forward to that dropping next week on the Five Star Network podcast feed. Cool. It'll be interesting to expand more on what I learned today. Yeah. Now, I have talked a lot. I'm ready to talk about Joshi with you also. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move it over to a world I'm more comfortable in. Let's start with the two big singles matches that are ha- going to be happening in Sen- uh, not Sendai, Seedling. Yeah. We have the Beyond the Sea champion, Ariso Nakajima, taking on it- Itsuki Aoki. Yeah, this this is a pretty big match. I'm I really like the the preview match that set up this match. Uh, at, they held this in Shinkiba on the twenty fifth of of May. Yeah, of last month. And man, I really liked that tag match. It was it, uh, Itsuki Aoki and Misako Kagura versus Aris Nakajima and Ryu Misunami, and it was nineteen minutes of. Well, it was 60 minutes of Itsuki and Misa getting their ass kicked and then Aris and then Itsuki winning the match. <laughs> and I really liked that. It was really fun. Yeah, it's a cool thing they do. Um they uh they use tag matches to set up title matches a lot of the time, and I like that. Yeah, for sure. It happened with um they didn't say they didn't, none of them got a title match coming out of it. Um Ayame had already lost to Arisa. For this uh, Beyond the Sea Championship, but they had the tag match against it was I it was Nakajima and Mizu, 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 wasn't it? No, oh, it was Roja. It, it yeah, yeah. yeah, Roja. And um, Ayama ended up pinning Arisa, and that was big. Like Ayama and Riku Kaiju beating two two aces was so big. I would like that Korokin match was really good. I do like that they're very much behind the Twin Berries. Yeah, that for sure. I will talk about that when we talk about the title, the tag title match. But I am so hyped on both the twin berries. Yeah, what uh, date I, is the pay per view taking place? Six twenty eight is the date yeah. It's okay. it's twenty eight. Okay. I really like the feud uh, Arisa Nakajima has this year with all the younger wrestlers in the com- in that comes into the company. It's so cool. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, you know, especially her coming off her injury and getting the title back. She's now she's just beating up the kids. Yeah. It's very interesting. I do. I'm very much enjoying her reign, and um, I'm hoping that they Rico for the belt. I know they're having a match. Um, that is soon. that should. I mean, that is the match that kind of should end the title reign. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's moving up. Moving over to the tag title match. They uh, those two. You know, it's it's a faction war, literally. Like they're all those egos. Yeah, but um, you know, Ayame and Rico. 
uh, both uh, in 525, they got beat up by their by Makoto and Asuka. Basically, Senpai Kohai the hell out of them. Yeah. Rico was both leading. in 17 minutes, 17 minutes matches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rico ended up bleeding. She that match was quit. great. That yeah. match was the best of the two. Oh yeah, definitely. She was, she was trying. Like even even when she um she even had the fighting spirit, she kicked out at one and was still trying, but you know just ended up falling short. And they even confronted him at the end of the match, at the end of the show, after Makoto and Ayame had their match. Yeah, and. I have heard from someone in the crowd that they they had said next time it will be you guys that are bleeding, and uh, that made me really hyped. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be really good. I I'm really hoping that they give the twin berries the belt, but I don't want that to not I don't want that to hold Rico back from getting the Beyond the Sea championship. I I think she kind of needs to win the tag titles before she can win the world yeah. title. I I think that this will be a, a Big elevation for the twin berries. I this should if this doesn't happen, I will be so mad on, on Natsuki Tayo. You will lose all respect <laughs> as a booker because Vicky Kaiju and Ayama Sazamura uh, winning this the, the tag titles just makes so much sense because the the Oscar and Makoto reign has been good, but it's been it's gone for so long and. This will be the first defense since like November. Yeah, it's it's always a, a problem with some uh, belts in uh, Joshi and E promotions. Like they don't get defended that often. Yeah, it's a pro. It's it's definitely a problem. Yeah, I'm and I hope to that changes if Twin Berries wins them. Oh, they will because you know they're young. They're ready to work. They got a bunch of tag teams. Like they got you know Magenta's there. They could pull another team out of Marvelous. Um, there's a lot of freelancers. I hope they could get luminous red energy. You know, there's a few people that they could pull out. Yeah. Oh my god, red energy versus that. Oh, that. It cool. could be also like uh, Sato and Nakamori. They could show up. Oh, that would be awesome. If we, uh, <laughs> do you think if if we if Twin Berries win the titles and they. Defend him against Red Energy in the interpromotional match. Do you think we will see that match before we see the match they just had in Sendai Girls? We'll never see anything from Sendai Girls. So <laughs> <laughs> on February on their YouTube. Yep, that yep. makes me so uh, sad because they just announced true. that they just announced that Hiroyo and Nanami are having a rematch, and I still haven't seen the first one. Oh, that's it. Makes Man. me so upset. I, I say this like almost all the time when I'm talking about Sendai Girls, but Sendai Girls would be like my Joshi promotion of the year if they just if I was just I able to watch the match. <laughs> if I could see it, I would love it. Yeah. All I get I would... is like I gotta ask like people secondhand, like how was the show? Yeah. Like I, I said uh last was it last week the show happened? It was this weekend. I said this weekend when the show when the show like was gonna happen. This show is today. This show has two title matches on it. And a big Hiroyo Matsumoto versus Riku Kawahata match. And the rest of the card is great also. Why can't I see this? <laughs> Why can't I would pay so much money just to watch this? Oh, I was so mad at them. And and that's the get with the times, Mako. Come on. 
<laughs> for real. Like Seedling just put up their their thing, but like, let us watch it. Like, do something. Give it. Like, I'm pretty sure people will be willing to use Nico for you. <laughs> but oh, let it I, I don't available. know. Don't say that. Don't say that. not everybody. But <laughs> yeah. There's some people. But yeah, I mean, like, that would make it better for uh, easier for us to I, at least watch the matches. Yeah, at least get a hold of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it is cool that uh, Seedling has a new streaming service now. I'm I haven't like really checked it out yet, but it's really cool. It is. I, I want. I I'm curious to checking it out because I want to see how far the archive goes. Because I know they have some of the stuff up on YouTube too. Yeah, I think. I think the like earliest show that is up is the the four thirtieth show. Oh, okay. Um, um, so the Corkin with Twin Berries versus Zero and Aris Nakajima. Yeah, I've been um going back and watching some older stuff from some people, and it, it feels it feels bad because sometimes depending on how old or how long the wrestler has been going, like anything past like 2018, like you're trying to go 2018 and uh, farther back, it's basically impossible to find some of these shows. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I was trying to find uh last year, I was trying to find some old Pier J stuff, and I. It was nowhere to be found, no matter where yeah. I look. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> it is kind of funny because the seedling, uh, are the seedling streaming service archive only goes up to where where I started watching seedling, <laughs> which was like when <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> and like so, yeah, <laughs> I I've seen all these shows. I I would like to see like 2018 and stuff like that, but. That's not up yet. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate sometimes, but uh, yeah, I was going on their YouTube and I was um, I was going on a uh, May Sarah deep dive to watching her stuff when she was still Hoshisuki, oh, and uh, yeah. I ended up I ended up watching a lot of best friends matches through proxy to watching stuff that shows that she was on because so I really wanted to watch the uh, May May and May tag when they challenged for the tag team titles. Yeah. And then I ended up just watching a host of best friends matches on accident. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with watching a couple of best friends matches. <laughs> you definitely can't. There, uh, Tsukasa's held in high regard for a reason. That girl is incredible. Yeah, I can't. Maybe she can save Ice Room when she comes back. Oh, she's definitely gonna bring in people. Like, there, she's gonna bring butts and seats when she comes back. For sure. You know they're they're in a ice stream is in an interesting spot because they, they they still have uh like Ibuki and you know Totoro just won the belt you know she's been trying for a long time to win it Saudi just had it I know she I know Saudi brought people in just off her name alone so yeah and it sucks because I mean, like, they do still run good shows it's not the talent's fault it's very much management yeah but I I have said all this year that Asha is. Ashai is in a better place but where she is now than she was in. <laughs> she got adopted. She has a family now. Yeah, she she it, truly has. It 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 very much feels like uh, they brought her, they got her out of her shell. Yeah, and she's just more because like you know they uh, when they do the love riddle dance like so sometimes they'll have her in the in the center during the dance break. Yeah, and she she. We've all, we've, uh, without saying it, we've moved over to talking about actress. I love that. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, she she learned to dance so quickly. Mm-hmm. She practices often. Like she was, she just posted a picture of her and Yufa coming out with practice. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, they the crowd loves her. The the roster's taking really good care of her. She has a lot of people to learn from. You know, you got you got Act, you got Mari, you got Miku. Um, yeah. and she's teaming with the best wrestler in the company, Misumatsu. And you got Maru. Yeah, yeah. Misumatsu. Yeah, this... yeah, she. I remember watching um. Not too long ago, I was watching uh, some older Mitsumatsu matches, and like this is when she was like slow. She wasn't botching, but like you could tell, like she was still working it out in her head, like she was yeah. counting her steps, like she wasn't as fluid as she is now. And it's like just, it was cool to see what she what she was to what she is now. Yeah, ma'am. I, I okay. I uh, actress actress girls this year has been so good, and. A lot of that is because I've been so into this Teppen, uh, like, unit. And, and of course, the Royal, as always, is a great unit. Like, they it, they were really formed this year, so it, it, they kind of became, became a big thing this year. But Koki was, of course, it debuted last year. But Teppen, like, Teppen and the Royal are so, like, making Actress Girls a such a great promotion to watch weekly and i really enjoy it I, it is one of the mo- most enjoyable joshi products for me yeah cause you got a lot of um things things happening across all the factions like you have the snakes which i don't know if they're doing it intentionally but if they are it, it, they're genius like they're having um you know kyoka and uh kira on team with people from other outside factions and it feels like they're kind of just like snaking their way in and trying to Mess them yeah. up like right they're, do- right they're doing right now with um, the royal. Are they trying to bull? They're basically trying to bully Koki, uh, not Koki. They're basically trying to bully Chica out of the faction. Yeah, for sure. And then she, right now she has that ultimatum: if she loses again, she's out. And the last match, um, Koki took the pin, so she's safe still. Yeah, there's always that uh, looming threat of her of her getting kicked out of the royal. Yeah, she isn't wrestling at the. Okay, she, yeah, she's wrestling in the opener at the next show. So, yeah. that isn't up yet, so. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. Like, I like, um, I don't have, like, a faction yet that I'm, like, I don't have any loyalty. Yeah. Yet to, like, just one faction. But I do like how Mari, you know, they have the three aces. I would, I call them the three aces right now. It's Mari, Niku, and Sumikawa. Yeah. I do yeah. like how, uh, Mari and Miku, Mari and Miku are basically frenemies. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are. I and me and my friend Valky compare them to, we compare we, we compare them to Roshi Tanahashi and the Kazushika Okada, <laughs> just two the two like big ve- veterans of the company, the two big stars of the company that are just they're friendly but they're also rivals. <laughs> yeah. And you see it a lot too, like when they tag, like they often miscommunicate or they use yeah. each other as a weapon. Yeah, it's really charming. I really like it. Yeah. Um, with Mari's, uh, not right, with Miku's reign, right? The one thing I want to see is I like how she's beaten up like the younger generation, like she's, uh, all the rookies are trying to step up and challenge her. I hope she runs through all of them. Sorry, Misa, but if there's one person on that roster that deserves the t- the to be called Acris Girls champion, it's Mari. Yeah, I I mean I I understand that I I don't think Mari wants to win the title. Her yeah, personal, she doesn't seem like, yeah 
she doesn't seem too interested in being a champion, but yeah. I I do think that is a match uh, down the line for Miko Anna Rain. I as much as I am like Mizumatsui is my my wrestler on this roster. I have been I have been open about that everywhere when I talk about this company. But Mizumatsui is my wrestler on this uh, in this company and her losing to Miko Anna will break my heart, but I expect it to happen. Um and uh, that match should be like really good. Of course. Oh, they're going to kill it. Let's do it. But I think it will be a stepping point for Miku Ano to uh, be challenged by Ashai at the Cork and Hall show in August. Yeah, Asai. And then you still got the thing with Teppin with uh, Marina. She, she still wants in. And she only yeah. had, she had the one proven match with Asahi. So. And. Then she and then she got injured in the another yeah. match on the show, which after. is unfortunate. But I still think when she comes back and she's healthy, she'll have a match with Misa, lose that, and then she'll probably beat Naho, and then they'll let her in through that. Yeah, which would be cool. I mean that yeah. that that should be uh, her joining Teppin will be cool, and uh, she fits the unit very much. Yeah. Also, too, uh, one thing I do hope they do at maybe towards more towards year end, but. Um, a tag title tournament. Once, that, once all the factions are settled, you know, all the teams are established, then they can... Misama Tsui and Oshai, first tag champs. Let's go! That could definitely happen. I can definitely see them strapping those two up. I I would say the uh, the final of that tournament would be, like, Act and Ayano versus Misa and uh, Oshai. I love Act, because... Uh, even just her presence, being there with Beast Rebellions, and just being, uh, I ought to be associated with Act adds a lot of credibility to her. It adds, it adds yeah, a lot they, to come, her. they they look really cool when they come out, uh, mm-hmm. just because Act is there. <laughs> yeah, you can't literally you can't deny Act's presence. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, uh, Misa came close to winning the tag belts when she was teamed with Amimira when she was there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I they, I. I should pre- preference this. I started watching Actress Girls last year, after the change had happened. <laughs> well, let me take you on a ride. How far do you want to go back? Well, I I have gone back to. I've seen, I've seen all of the Cassis Reign. I've seen a lot of the big like matches from the past, and a lot of Sayori on on the matches and all that. I have gone yeah. back and watched a lot. <laughs> yeah. I do. I tell everybody this that gets in, that wants to get in the actress. Whoever your favorite is, they've most likely been there. Yeah. Whether it be a full time member or they yeah. pop by for a match, everybody's past those doors. I say this all the time to a friend of mine who's a big Takasa fan. I say, oh, yeah, she's from she's from Actress Girls. <laughs> you, yeah. if you watch, you you will probably find more. Future Miyuki Takase is in, in Actress Girls. Of course, not Takase is a very special talent, so it can't really be replicated, but this promotion creates the best Joshi wrestlers. Yes, very much so. And <clears throat> the, that talent there. And another thing about uh, Miyuki Takase is, you know, one, she's absolutely one of my favorites. And, you know, we all have that, a lot of us have that sentiment of, we wanted to win. We wanted to have a championship. We wanted to have big single matches yeah. now. But, you know, there's 525 day, uh, 515 days worth of her 
being the big singles champion that you wanted to be. You just gotta go <laughs> go check it out. And, and god damn it, that title reign is great. <laughs> oh, that established it is. It. Like you had yeah. like you had uh Ano as the French champion, but I think Yuki Takasi is the one that really established that belt as like a premier championship. Needed a lot of that prestige. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that I I'm really I'm really happy that they are uploading the these like matches uh from their history on free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? That I yeah. it it really helps uh because I, I've sent those to a lot of people that have no familiarization with Actress Girls and I just recommend the matches and stuff like that. And they, they most of the time get like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. And it 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 helps them a lot. To have it that. does. The good thing, whoever's doing it is very clever. Because not only will they upload their big matches on their shows that are happening now, right? They'll upload like the big, uh, they upload that big uh, three-way tag match they did. They uploaded um, the rookie tournament uh, finals. But they also they're timely. Like there's they whoever's uh, whoever's doing that has their posts on like Stardom because when Julia yeah. was doing her thing, they were uploading Julia matches. Anna, yeah, they're uploading Anna matches. They, I think they, I think like right after Sayoriano joined, uh, came to Stardom, they uploaded Sayoriano versus Julia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they now know that. that is that is a big storyline. This Stardom. Yeah, that's a good way to keep. That's a good way to get eyes on your product. Yeah. For sure. And I always tell people this is uh Acris Girls, the roster, it feels more like a family than it does a roster. Yeah. Like they're more close knit. Even, you know, when they're when they're in the ring, you know, they're, they're they're in character and they're you know, their heel face, whatever they may be. But like when you just see them interacting outside, they're they're everybody they're all friends with each other. Yeah. And I just to go back to another t- to Dragon Gate, <laughs> I I have been noticing a certain group of of actress girls roster members that go to the old cork in here and there of Dragon Gate, and I see I notice them at the shows, <laughs> like very very clearly. I see, oh yeah, there's she she can go to an actor at at uh, Dragon Gate again. <laughs> it's it's very hard to miss Chica Gata. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for um, sure. One one thing I did want another note I wanted to give on Miyuki Takase. One thing that I had noticed is um, you know, her influence on the roster. Uh, the people that are now like some uh, for example, uh, Amisore, her twisting suplex that she uses as a finisher, she got that from Miyuki Takase. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's cool. <laughs> that is something I really love in wrestling is when people like pass on moves to other people and um (laughs) not to get back to dragon gate again but that is something dragon gate has done a lot in the in their history where they give if if a wrestler retires they will pass on a lot of their like signature moves to the younger generation like madoka kikura has the 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 uh, D three, I think it's called, which is like a really big uh, power bomb, and he in, in he inherited that from Kenas, who retired in twenty twenty two, and the same with Yuki Yoshioka. He has like the Darkness Dragon Driver, which is again a move that was from Kenas. So th- that is a very cool thing that I li- like. What is when people uh, like 
kind of pass on their moves and it just pays homage to the legacy and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's always cool to see things like that. Um, some other things about Acres that I like that they do is that, as, as I touched on earlier, like the they do scramble tags a lot where different members from different factions will team with each other for the day. Yeah. And those those matches lead to a lot of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. It always ends up uh, with something happening post-match. Yeah. Um, one person that I really wish was on everybody's radar, but they most likely will never understand her gimmick is Naru, the baby. Oh, yeah. She is an athletic Man. freak. Man. <laughs> Man, she is me and my my friend Malkis least favorite member of the roster because we're so big fans of her, but we hate her gimmick. <laughs> it's like, it's like, just, just become like a high speed wrestler or something. Don't I can don't I can tell you baby. why she has it though. She gave the she gave a bit of a reason, like she was vague about it, but it makes sense of why she's that. Okay, it's um. Are you familiar with ARG, like the action ring girls? When they do the stage plays? Uh, not that much. Okay. So her character there, she's in Shallow, the Space Pirates, with that's led by Mari Karina. Um, and there she's like a tomboy. She, you know, she really looks very tomboy. She has the bandana that, you know, she has her short hair. So her, her reasoning is that she wanted her regular gimmick to be more feminine, which, you know, question mark. But that's what she's going for. She wants to be not looked at as like a boy, basically. Okay. She doesn't want to be okay. considered boyish. So it, you know, it, there's reasoning behind it. It still doesn't make too much sense, but, you know, at least there's that going on for it. Cool. And um, one of my favorites is uh, Natsuki. She's one of my favorite underdogs. Yeah, she's great. She, she, she definitely has a lot of potential in the future. Yeah, I still think, I, um, go ahead. Yeah, and she's very, like, she's, she has a very good background. She is a ballerina, and you see that a lot in her, the way she moves in the ring. She her, her movements are so like accurate and swift and stuff like that, and it's very cool. Yeah, very much so. Um, she gets you know the the poi comparisons are obviously obviously there, but you know they're very similar, and but they're both well warranted. Like they're both very good. Yeah, yeah, I I actually. <laughs> I actually compare her a lot to uh, Arisa Hoshige, uh, just because she's a lot of she's she has a lot of kick based maneuvers and a lot of the kick, a lot of the kick based maneuvers she does so like impressively that it kind of reminds me of uh, Arisa. Interesting. Uh, speaking of kicks, you got Natsumi Sumikawa, who is very yeah. interesting in her stylings because she does you know she has a lot of kick based offense. She tries to kill you with her somatos. But you know, yeah. but she's also very technical as well. Like she, she'll try to, she'll grab your arm and try to get you to tap. For sure, I. She, she definitely is a great veteran, and she came back like two years ago. Like, she, yeah, she came is, back specifically to join Acris Girls. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, speaking of uh, Miku, right? I, I think in ring she's one of the best right now because nobody else is doing what she's doing. Yeah, she's a great ace. She's a great yeah. ace. Nobody is. Nobody wrestles like her. It, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like she, when you watch her wrestle, you don't see anybody else doing what she, what she is. Yeah, 
for sure. Like her with her with her leg kicked. Um, and then you know her impressive strength. She's you wouldn't think she'd be that strong, but I swear, like every show, she has to deadlift Koki. Yeah, it's it's in her contract. Yeah, and then uh, sure. she tries to kill people with her Wes and Larry. She's been hitting it from behind a lot recently. Yeah, and th- those are really cool. I mean, yeah, she does it really well. Yeah, Miko Miko Anu definitely like probably. Yeah, she definitely is the the best like bell to bell wrestler in the company. So yeah, you you will get great matches with Miko Anu. Yeah, when you watch her wrestle, you're gonna be like, you're gonna come out being like, oh, she's you know, the, yeah, the heart fighter. She's gonna she's gonna try to kill you. If yeah. like right now, like in all of Joshi, I would say my two favorite champions have are most likely Mio Momono and Miku Aino. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Uh, I I have a very, I mean, I've soured on her ever since she won the white belt, but I have a very soft spot for Tom Nocno. Uh, uh, I am also Ar- Aris Nakajima again. Also, I her 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 on top is just something that I will always love. But yeah, yeah. Mio Momono, awesome! I God, I will be so mad if uh, if Osaki beats beats her for that title. <sighs> just just do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, do the right she, she, thing. Kishigusa, please. <laughs> she has a big singles with Rico coming up. Not and no non-title, but still. It's a big match. Oh, and yeah, Misugi also. Shout out Misugi for being just an awesome uh, She don't get enough she doesn't get enough credit for what she's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. As, she's holding down that company in Watson Dire Straits. Yeah, yeah. Especially after the the, um, the handicap match. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I wanted one more thing about actors I wanted to touch on is uh, Act having the rare singles match. He's taking on uh, Sakura Mizushima. Oh yeah, that's true. That's on the same uh, same show that has Misa versus, versus Miku. Yes, um, yeah. and it's 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 very cool because Act, you know, he, she's been very much been plagued by her eyesight as she's gone gotten older. So yeah. her having a singles match is very big and. They have a lot of faith in Sakura Mizushima. Yeah, for sure. She's going to be one of the um, ones that's going to be pushed a lot. Man, I love Sakura. She's so, like, she's so such good. a great, uh, like, underdog. And I, I I, really pop for her every time she makes her entrance because she's just, like, immediately when I saw her wrestle, I saw that, yeah, this, this is a very me wrestle. This is a very... Very Sonder wrestler, if you get get what I mean. I yeah. This is like this is what the kind of wrestler I gravitate towards in Joshi. The like small idol that are really fast and twists out of like pins and stuff like that. Like Mason Ruga, Tom Nakano does. Like she did a lot of that in the early parts of her career and all that. It's such a like it's such a me wrestler, <laughs> and I just love that. It's great. Um. I'm really excited to see how this match goes because I, I know Axe gonna put her over big, put her over big time. Whether it's win or lose for Sakura, she's gonna come out of here looking a lot stronger. Oh yeah, man! I can't wait to the for the sh- for the Shinkiba show that happened on the tenth to be uploaded. Uh, yeah, it should be up soon. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it, it hit or miss with them. Yeah. 
But they are at least quicker than Stardom with their uploads. Because yeah. <laughs> Actress Girls, they'll either have it up in a week or they'll have it up the next day. <laughs> it it yeah. just depends. But um, we got a rare Konamiku match, too. She's teaming with me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Actress Girls is a great place. I always recommend everybody to go check out Actress Girls. I, I cover it a lot on my show. Yeah, for sure. We... Uh, in my Discord, we have like a watch along where me and Valky basically are English commentators for actors, and like we introduce it to people that never that never have seen it before, and like they 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 learn so much from the promotion because me and Valky are so into the promotion and we just sit sit there and talk about it while we watch the shows. <laughs> uh, it's a great great community time and. It's definitely one of my favorite things to do each week. Yeah, it's probably my number one right now. If I'm being oh yeah, honest. this is my to be honest, this is definitely my favorite Joshi company this year. Of course, they both TJPW and Stardom have had bigger highs, like high title matches and bigger like in ring matches. But show to show, Actress has got it. Yeah, because it's it's not just like the quality of the shows. It's you know, they're on the shorter side. They're, most of them are less than two hours. They're easy to digest. You know, you can bounce from show to show, and you're not going to miss too much. Even if you, like, you just say you skip from uh, 6.4 to 6.24. You know, you're not, you're not going to yeah. be missing too much information there. And it's also, like, every everyone on the roster is engaging and has their own stories and stuff like that. And it's, it, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, Another thing too is like with how fast wrestling moves nowadays, like it's 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 good to have a promotion that doesn't move too fast. Yeah, yeah, for sure, that is true. Because like you you can fall asleep and wake up and miss a week of stardom, <laughs> and you're like, what, what? Yeah, well, look, luckily the start stardom world also misses almost months of stardom, so. Yeah, even they're they're behind, so it's, it's not <laughs> they're, our fault. They're, they're they're behind. It's not our fault if we fall behind on Stardom. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we can we could go to Twitter and watch the spoilers, but I want to see it for myself. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's kick it over to TJPW. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on over there. Yeah, we can talk about how big of a blow it would be to have Makieto win the title when she has no build. Her build is that she's a loser and she's coming to beat the person that called her a loser. Yeah, but her the build to this match. The, okay, this this frustrates me so much. The build to this match is Makieto coming out to challenge at the at the Korokin after Mizuki won the match versus Soyrek, and then a very a very passive aggressive Twitter promo from Makieto. That's it. It's gonna be. It's just gonna be a lot of callbacks to uh, Maki, Maki, the Ichi Respect Army. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand. I, like yeah. this, but this I match. As well. This match hedges on the history they have between each other, mm-hmm. and Maki has no momentum to to like make it believable that she's she's gonna win. She will have to do a lot to like convince me that she should win that match. Yeah, but my my thing with uh, Makito and TJPW is that you, you never know because remember they 
as as I was there at uh, TJPWLA during the tag title match, I was like, oh wait, you know, um, Mew has a title match coming up. Yuka had a had a title match later that day. Mizuki's a champion. I was like, there's only one person here that can lose, and sure enough, yeah, it was Maki. I, just, I don't see I don't see Maki winning here. Yeah, it just it would feel wrong. Uh, it would just feel very wrong because, of course, it would end the Mizuki reign that. I've been waiting for my whole like fandom of TJPW. <laughs> like that—that is—that is, that is the sad. This if Maki wins, it would be the saddest part of that. Is that the music of Rain? I've been waiting for it for so long. Deserves to go like longer than just a, three defenses. <laughs> and you know the big three, um, outside of oh, the big three plus uh, Maki, I'll say. You know, Yuka's on her way out. Maki looks like she's on her way out already. Like she already has one foot out the door, essentially. Um, Shoko's yeah. going to be there. Rika, I think, is a person that could hold it down very well if she ever, if she ever gets her second title reign. But ultimately, oh. with the Princess Prince Championship, I think whoever beats Mizuki is going to be a first-time champion. Yeah, I it, they sh- it, that should be the trajectory. Yeah, I... I have said that uh, the winner of the uh, the Princess Cup is either Miyu Yamashita or Miyu Watanabe. Um, yeah, my money was on Miyu because like she hasn't won it yet, so I was like, you know, it's eventually it's, they have to give it to her, right? If it's Yamashita, she's I don't think she's winning back the title, and it it will be as a way to get Mizuki the the Mizuki the kind of t- title. The the win that she ne- has never gotten versus uh, Miriam Mashta. Yeah. If it's me, what Nabe, she beats Mizuki at rest business. Oh, yeah. There's no other way. <laughs> Miu, um, is she, is she gonna go two up on Miu like that? Miu is gonna go two up on Miu, but I don't know. Um, as far as like Rika goes, like her international title, like she's adding a lot of prestige to that belt. But oh, I yeah. do think the next time she gets her hands on that. The Princess of Princess Championship, she's gonna be that final boss that Yuka was, but she's gonna be worse. Uh, I mean, I, I, Rika Tatsumi is my favorite in the company. She so. is, dude. She's my favorite. Yeah. Well. Okay. 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 You mean she's gonna be more evil than Yuka Sakasaki? I thought you meant yeah. more, worse as an in ring performer, and I was almost getting mad there. No. Yeah, she will no. be definitely more evil than Yuka Sakasaki. <laughs> yeah. She's already evil now. Well, yeah, she's, she's already. She's- it, it's like yeah. um, at the at uh, the Hyper Missile Proto show, right? When when she came out with the change, I was like, uh, you know, Artisto Ando had like it, it was a new look for her, but like I was looking at Rio, I was like, what's changed? It's, it's the same. <laughs> it's just, it's just Rika. Yep. She's gonna choke you anyways. Yeah, I I definitely I I do think that we have potential for Rika Tatsumi to become the first ever double champion because she pinned Mizuki in the in the handicap match. That could happen, and she'll be the the second Grand Slam. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's gonna happen though, because I, I, I don't want them to do this, but I, I have a small feeling that they might be uh, giving Yuki I know a loyalty title run. Which... I, I mean, if she, if it's anything like the, the Yuki I know that, uh, Ryu Mizunami brought out of her, 
I'll, I can rock with it, but if it's just um, going to be regular Yuki Aino, just keep it on Rika for a while. <laughs> yeah. I should mention uh, the the International Princess Normal Contendership match was really good. It was it was the Yuki Aino we saw against Mizunami. But when she won versus Arisa Endo. But yeah. Uh, I You haven't seen uh, the Korkin yet? The no, I haven't, I haven't seen Stick Out yet. Yeah. So, I, I just need to... The handicap match... It, it is, of course, sad that Yuka Sakasaki got injured and the, the, the Magical Sugar Rabbits had to drop uh, the vacant titles. But man, Mizuki versus Daydream was so good. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. And it was... It further convinced me that Mizuki is, like, such a great uh, champion. And she fits the title so much right now. Yeah, it's... See, if there's anybody on on that roster that could, you know, be the babyface in peril, it's... It's Mizuki. Yeah. And man, what a... It, it was so good. Definitely... Like, if you have not seen it, you have to watch it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be checking, I'll be watching that later today. Yeah, it, it was so good. Um, also, Miyu Nob and Mizuki have so good chemistry that I will be mad at if that doesn't happen for the Princess title. So, another reason why Maki Ito shouldn't win the title. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Miyu Nabe, I wanted to touch on a thing about with her and Kari Noah, and you know how they're bringing in more Up Up Girls members? Yeah. Is that a fifth, and they have Shino? I think eventually what's going to happen is those, uh, her, those two are going to graduate, because I think that that company, the idol company, is holding them back from their wrestling activities. Like, they they can't, they can only go so far because of the company. Oh, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, so, like, I think eventually it's going to be Raku's going to be the the leader of the Up Up Girls, and it's going to be the other two with her. And then, you know, Hikari, she's you know falling behind her compatriots in ring wise, but you know she still has she still has a tremendous look. Yeah. Well, uh, I think she can improve. She she definitely has improved. I remember watching her match with uh, Alex Winter while she was in Eve. That was really good. But I think you know after that, you know, let her get her deathmatch stuff out of her system, and then. We can start working her towards the main event again because you know they're both still former international princess champions, and that that Hikari reign was very fun. And then it kind of is just like once she lost the belt, and she just went out, like out of sight, out of mind to a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And then with Miyu, you know, you know, there's always gonna be that stigma of you know she comes out at the beginning when she, especially if she's the big champ, it's gonna be like oh she still comes out in the beginning and sings and dances. There's always gonna be that yeah. stigma surrounding her if she had the belt and was still part of the upper grill so it might be a little yeah, change I there that. i see that I, I definitely see that i i could i could see that happening yeah but as far as the tag titles go it's it's got to be either free wi-fi or daisy monkey yeah that is i i th- i do think that is going to be a uh, the the that it's going to be at the uh, summer sun princess that they are going to have the vacant title match there and I would give it to free Wi-Fi. <laughs> like it's time. They earned it. They they should have won it during that one right before Yuka left to go to yeah. America. And, and they were like, hitting them with the turnbuckle pads and everything. 
like I like I I am I have preferred Daisy Monkey, but free Wi Fi would be dead if they lost against Daisy Monkey. So like they need the 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 tag titles more than Daisy Monkey do. Like Daisy Monkey are still on the like come up kind of yeah. With Daisy Monkey right now, I think they're they're in an evolution stage of. For a long time, it was Suzume. It felt like Suzume and friends. You know, Endo's yeah. good. We all know how good Endo was, but now uh, Arisu's catching up in ring wise. This this year, Arisu has like become like really special. And her versus Yuki, I know she put in a bit one hell of a babyface performance in in trying to get the crowd to like. She got the crowd wanted her to win. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and good for our Surrender. It's all been snowballing and like been a been a natural uh, progression for ever since the retirement match with Reika Psyche. Yeah, ever since then it's been like a slow growth. Because even at TGPW LA, even though she took the pin, everybody left knowing her name. For sure, and I did see her too during the main event. She was poking her head out, watching the main event through the curtain. So she's actively trying to learn and get better. She's watching what the main eventers are doing and seeing what she can do as well. Yeah, and it it comes off when you see her perform. And she's always changing her hair, so like it, she always keeps you guessing with her look. Yeah. But yeah, uh, TJPW right now, I mean, I think they are they put on some really enjoyable shows. Their booking is just very confusing. And yeah. uh, like... Yeah. We're just on the cusp of a changing of the guard, but we're just not there yet. And I don't think they know who they want yet. Yeah. That is a that is a thing and it's also like But every show like it's just it's such a good time to watch and like they I have a lot of fun watching TGPW still, but I still like I rack my head like I I scratch my head thinking what the fuck are they doing? Like more more times than I did in the past. Yeah, a lot of questionable decisions sometimes. And, you know, they... Now, thankfully, they don't have the safety net of Miyu to just, you know, when things are going bad, just throw the title back on her. And it's not her fault. Like, it's... I, it, I said it a lot back then. It was like, why wouldn't you want her as your champion? A lot of times when it was me and Miyu yeah. was having her reigns. And it's like, look at her. You know, it's obvious. Who, she, who's going to beat her realistically? Look at that roster. Who's going to beat her? Yeah, now that they, yeah. they have elevated people to make yeah, it me believe that like like I believe Mizuki will beat Miriam Marshall next time they face. Oh yeah, she will. Um, that's a lot of the reason why like I'm so behind Suzume is I've seen her get her ass kicked for like years and years. Oh, and yeah. now she's finally getting there. It's like yeah, I remember watching you getting your shit kicked in by day- Daydream. Yeah, for sure. What do you think about Yuki Arai? Yuki Arai, I think she's good. Um, it's just you know her idol activities keep her from reaching her full potential. Yeah, but she are definitely you... she's she's super popular. Like she she does bring a yeah, lot of eyes on promotion. I was just about to say, are you prepared for the Yuki Arai super push we will see in twenty twenty four? She's gonna be the new. She's gonna lead Bishigun. Man, she's gonna be pushed so much. I, I, I promise. She, if, if she is 
like I think she will be, go to the semifinal or the final of the Princess Cup this year and next year. If me, if me, what doesn't win this year, uh, if me, me, what wins this year, I mean, Yuki Arai is winning next year, and but if me, what loses this year, she has to win next year. <laughs> but uh, either way, I do see twenty twenty four to be the year where they really push Yuki Arai to the top because she has been already she's been pushed a lot, but she's gonna be pushed even more next year, I think. Yeah, I see. They they push her and, a lot like nowadays too. When when she's there, she gets pushed a lot. Yeah, and she also also gets all the big matches, and she will. It I, I have predict I predicted this when I broke the news that Saka Kai, uh, was gonna uh, retire. That Yuka Rai is probably on the the highest list if possible of people that is gonna face her during this retirement run. Oh, she's she's definitely gonna face her. What I don't know, what I don't know if they're gonna do two for her and TGP. I don't know if they're gonna do a Saki Akai match and a Saki Sama match. Yeah, I maybe. I mean, yeah. we'll see. I yeah, that that's a good question. Yeah, because you know she was she. It may not be as often as she is with Saki Sama, but you know she has made appearances as just. You know, she was tag champion not too long ago as just it was, Saki Akai. She has been tag champs as both. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to sorry to ruin the illusion, fellas. Yeah, not, sorry. <laughs> they they are in fact the same person. Yeah. Sorry to ruin the people that were asking, but when will we see Saki Akai versus Saki Sama? No, the Saki is retired. Just show them the magazine I, covers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I I hope that we get a small eruption reunion. Oh, we'll 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 get that. I mean, uh, I they are face. Uh, I I don't know if you've seen Peter Pan's card, but Eruption are facing Harim out. So already you have all of Eruption in one match there. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be waterworks. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I do Come think on, Tuck- Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris better Come fucking on, win that title, bro. Do it, do it for the himbos. Let's go. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm, I am on the Dramatic Twin Dragons. It is a joint podcast about both Dragon Gate and DDT, so you can get my DDT takes on that podcast as well. Just saying. <laughs> no problem. Um, yes, let's end this. Let's end this on another high note of stardom. Their their faction woes that are going on right now. Oh yeah. Finally, like, doing uh... something with Utami Hashishita again. She's I'm still so a loser. <laughs> I, I but do... she won't be after this I promise this will be the catalyst that will start her push back to the top and then she's gonna win the 5 star I remember saying this after she lost the white belt not the white belt, the red belt I was like, she just has to keep losing and she never stopped it's been 2 years yeah yeah, it's been yeah. It, it actually felt insane when I Earlier this week, saw that it had been two years to, since the Tommy Hashishida and Shuri match that got like, got like so many new viewers into Stardom. That that was crazy for me. Yeah, like but it was crazy for me that that happened two years ago. I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> her title ring was very polarized because it started off they weren't too high on her. She even though like she was the big Greg rookie and all that, 
uh, Mary, she was still some some of her title matches were the semi main, and then she yeah. had the the draw with Sherry, and then then they started realizing, oh, like she's for real. Yeah, she. Th- this is our next days, man. Yeah. We need to actually feature her in the main yeah, events. As big as Stardom is, she, you know, she brought a lot of eyes to that promotion. A lot of people came to see what Utami is doing. Yeah, and I have said since her rookie year in twenty. 19 that Utami is the next race. <laughs> she is right it, now. She's it isn't the it isn't the question. Like people were saying like uh Julia is gonna be the next like big star of the like the main promotion main star of the promotion and I was like nah, nah, nah. it's Utami. <laughs> Julia is just right a star now, in general. Right now, yeah Julia is a star but I don't think her I also don't think she's gonna stay with Stardom forever. Utami is a lifer, in my opinion. Um, Same thing with Sherry. Like, Sherry, I think of, when I think of Sherry, I think of, like, her indie days. Yeah. Utami is just a homegrown wrestler, and she... She has been in her Balloon Okada phase for one and a half year now, but now she's gonna get back to winning. Yeah. Um, With Sherry, though, when, eventually, when she leaves stardom and does her uh, Joshi retirement tour throughout the Indies, that's gonna be incredible. Oh my god, yes. I can only imagine the places she's gonna <laughs> pop by. All the people I, are gonna be on her line trying to get her to the States. I, I, money. Give whatever money possible. Just get, just get Asuka back for one match. <laughs> Kana back for one match with Shuri. One match. <laughs> if, <laughs> if Noah can get cancer for a day, they can make it happen. Yeah, if Noah can get Shin can can get Kenta back in, back then, and can get Shinsuke Nakamura earlier this year, Kana can happen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on man. <laughs> make it ha- make it happen, man. Dude. You can run it. You can run it in. You can run it in Sendai. <laughs> you know, we we have the place. We have you. We have the Mako connection there. You know, we have a place to do it. <laughs> Shinjuku face, Sendai girls. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I'm, I'm super like, uh, with the with this whole QQ thing and Oda side, the never ending story, basically. Oh yeah. With what's going on now, you know, we have the generational stuff, and we have this going on at the same time, and then you know, it bleeds into DDM and oh, CA is not involved, but it bleeds into DDM a little bit. Um, I can see a potential route where. Uh, Utami leaves, like she they lose and she leaves not to join a website, but because she's failed Queen's Quest as a faction and she just goes solo and then this starts her rebuild. I was actually I was thinking that about Psycho Utami. I was thinking Utami is going to continue with Queen's Quest and Saya was going to be the one that that left. If Saya leaves, she'll end up she'll probably end up uh, hanging out with. Suzu, May, yeah. and May, and yeah, she'll end up hanging out with them. And I mean, uh, either way, I, I, I do see. I kind of I see the final two being either Utami, uh, Utami, and I do think it's gonna be like Utami, Saya, and Natsuko that are gonna be the last ones in there. Kind of like how they did it with Momo, Momo Kid, and Azumi. Yeah. Or they or uh, they just go all out and have Momo also there. That that would be yeah. interesting. Have Momo 
Mumbo is the progenitor, basically. She's like their old. She's gonna do a lot of belittling of Utami because you know, for sure. I, yeah. I said it back then when uh, she was leaving that the only person that called her by name was Sayakamatani. Yeah, when they were when they're trying to defend her, nobody, everybody, they all just said leader. They called her like leader of Queen's Quest. The only person that said Momo Watsunabe was Saya. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm really into this. I, I wish I could actually like see more than just the like elimination tag they had that on the eleventh. I, it's weird because of, I, for. If rarely, I like rarely. I'm as into Stardom house shows as I have am right now. I want to actually see what's going on right now, but they aren't uploading, and it's we're annoying. St- we're gonna be very, we're gonna be very behind when the pay per view does happen. We're still gonna be yeah. shells behind of what, yeah, what, like context of what's being missed. Yeah, and I'm going on vacation. I come back the day off that that show, so I won't be able to see anything of this the build. Yeah. And it kind of sucks too. You think about it, like, look at this. Like, uh, we're into it. Like, we we all watch Stardom. What if someone's brand new? This is their first Stardom show, and they're asking their friend, yeah. like, "Oh, what's going on with them? Why are they why are they hate each other?" And they're like, "Shit, dude, I couldn't even watch it myself." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, and Stardom this year was so started so strong. Like they start with Yokohama Arena. Like Yokohama Arena was a big show for that. They brought in a ton of new viewers and it feels like they've just after that they've been like oh man i don't know we're doing our we're doing our own thing just doing doing whatever we want <laughs> we don't care what the fans want like we'll we'll ruin this like me being a share color rain who cares <laughs> yeah it started off strong too because with julia they were doing like the whole ice ribbon thing like she got to run her ice ribbon matches with her old compatriots yeah, ice room door. Yeah, they did. They did a story with Suzu, then they did a story with Maya. Yeah, and I was like, I was a- after those two matches, I was pretty done with Julius Rain. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I was like, all right, okay, Tom, Tom can win it. <laughs> I remember when I was watching the show live, and when she won, everybody was like, "She wait, she she did it." We <laughs> were like, "She actually like, uh, Tam actually won the belt." Yeah, I mean, it is one yeah. of my most like hyped moment this moments this year yeah i love that match yeah one of my favorites from this year is still saya versus hazuki oh yeah my problem with that match is that i got so heartbroken by the match by the ending <laughs> saya, was so I think she's, she's so close to that she's so close to the red belt right now she's gonna win it eventually she's so close yeah yeah like she's... it's her or utami winning the five star <laughs> Yeah, I hope they're on different blocks. So that's the final. Yeah, that, and that's a that's a really hot final, also. Yeah. So that too, and then um, I was saying, I, I said it too about the generational stuff. You know, what if they don't tag? You know, what if like uh, Utami's teaming with Micah more often, and like Sai is teaming with uh, Suzu? Yeah, that's interesting. Like instead of yeah, like well, them working together, like they're still on the same team technically, but they're not in cahoots. Like you know, I'm saying they're not next to each other. How man that that generational match uh, struggle match was so good, man! It was so f- it was great. Yeah, and you got on the other side, you got the sworn enemies of Tam and Julia putting their differences aside. 
Yeah, I mean, they did for some time, and then Tom went back yeah. to hating her. <laughs> and then Mayu just being Mayu. Yeah. Mayu and Shuri just being Mayu and Shuri, just going around doing their stuff. <laughs> They're going to be great. Which is like Charlie. being two of the best wrestlers in the company and in yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saya, I think she'll, she'll end up with the Red Belt within the next year or two. Micah, I don't know. Like, I, she's going to break off from DDM. She's outgrown it. She doesn't need Julia anymore. She doesn't need to be the second in a faction anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think so also. It I started I, with that. Yeah, I'll say it started with that attitude change once Himika left. Yeah, I uh, it's it those it's Saya, uh, Utami, and Micah. Those are like the the three that are have the most momentum to win the five star. And uh, and most that makes most sense to win the five star. Um, this whole double title situation. I hope we will be gone. <laughs> will be gone soon like that because i said this when when tom won is that this company is way too big it's way too stacked to have a double champion yeah it gives it takes away from a lot of people to do anything yeah a lot <laughs> if tom is the champion in december it will have robbed so many people of big matches and it will feel so like, like it will, like Tom. First of all, Tom will feel very tired. <laughs> yeah, and it will just feel very weird. And then the IWGP can only fill so many roles for people. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think um, I am curious though if how they're gonna do the defenses. If they're gonna have she's only defending the white belt or she's only defending the red belt. Is she gonna defend the like do double title matches? Because right now she was well, only scheduled for, yeah. the, for the one, like the, the, the white belt match. match. So I do, do you think like, Mirai has a chance of winning? Hell no. <laughs> oh, that poor funny. girl. That that poor girl. Two years in a row. Yeah. Because like, if they she... do it, like it wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense. Like you you took it off of Mina just to give it to Mariah. Why couldn't you just have Mariah beat Mina? What like? Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, you gave you gave you gave Tam the moment of double champion, and then you're just like uh, whatever. It's like it. What, what was the point of all that? The only point it will will have been then was to give Tom the like a- accomplishment. Yeah, give her the accolade, put it on the record. Yeah, right. yeah, and to have next year when she retires to have like the big picture of her with both titles. Yeah, It'd be there. shoe pro covers but, everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And uh but like Mirai herself hasn't like she she's so like awkward as a promo this year that she's like not been in she hasn't like she she of course is a fantastic wrestler, but her her She's great, a, like <laughs> in Ring Rise she's fantastic. Yeah, but her as a promo is just so directionless and she she feels like she's so lost when she's talking and stuff like yeah, that. She gets overshadowed by her group. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely, I feel bad for her because she definitely deserves to win the title. She's, she is, in ring wise, she is so worthy of that title. But uh, like, she doesn't. She ha- doesn't have the charisma that that, that Tom or Mina has. 
No. Um, going back to the five star real quick. Let's say it is like Saya Utami or you know Micah, a combination of three. If it's Saya Utami, that can be the match where they finally like be some sense into each other. That can be a long dramatic match. Yeah, and it will be a really personal uh, like final. I've been, uh, but yeah, as I said earlier, like I've been saying, Utami is winning the five star, and she's taking the title from Tam at the end of the year. That Tom and Tommy is a is like a big match that they haven't run before. Like they haven't really run that yet, and it's they get a, it. she she beat her in the five star. Yeah, it, they've only done it in the five star, and that's the thing. Yeah. And they still, the to this day, they've still kept Utami and Julia's past from crossing in singles action. Yeah, which is which is why I'm thinking the title reign will go, uh, Tom. Uh, Utami, Utami Julia. I can see. But I do want to see. Um, I can see that happening. Like it, because you know Julia, she didn't really get like a long reign. But I am, and I do hope that we still stay away from like the long, drawn out, year long title reigns. Not all of them. That is why I, that was what what was so good about Tom winning the title <laughs> was mm-hmm. that we finally went away from them. And then for like as as far as Micah goes, you know the the third person in that in that question, um, I really want to see her break out, challenge Tam for the white belt, and just beat her in very convincing fashion. Yeah, I mean that could work. Like just dominate her, like straight up, just like Michinoku driver, and then one, two, three. But maybe maybe Micah doesn't need a five star to do that. Maybe she can, if her and Tom are in the same block, they can ha- run that match on one of yeah. those like shows that they do. In the yeah. in the five star, we don't need to wait too long for it. We don't have to wait till next year's Cinderella. Like we can do that now. You know? Yeah, like I have Micah, um, have Micah beat uh, Tom at the opening night of the five star, and then like th- when they have because they are gonna have like one of those shows where uh, they have a pay per view in the middle of the five star where they have some five star matches and title matches on the card. They did that last year, they did that the year before, they will do it this year also. <laughs> um, and just ha- run Tom versus Micah for the white belt on that, and have the title switch then. And that would be the first time it, I, one of the titles I've switched during the five-star, and that will bring a lot of intrigue into that. So Yeah. And, like, imagine leaving the year with Tommy and Micah as the singles champion. Oh, that would be awesome. That'd be great. Because they can both win. If they, if they win them, then and if Micah wins it early, like earlier than Utami does, I can yeah. see them both walking out. Ayoriano and Julia need to be in the same block so they can face each other. That's gonna bleed out too. They're both from Ice Ribbon as well. Not no, she's not from Ice Ribbon. Acres girls. Yeah. But, um, that I wanted to touch on for Sariana. I want to touch on the Poi stuff because she still calls her Natsumi Maki. Her real, yeah. she still calls her by her real name. She refuses it. Re- refuses. I call her uh, Natsupoi. Yeah, I do, I do think they are also going to be on the same block uh, of the five-star. And again, I I, I am I was really into this, uh, uh, into Restart, and I got really mad when they lost the titles. I was like, man, why couldn't Restart hold the title, continue holding the titles? Like, I understand. Yeah, it was, it was to... very short. And then, because yeah. they, they beat they beat prominence and then immediately lost. 
Yeah. And it, it almost just felt like a consolation reign for Julia because she lost the, t- <laughs> the red belt. Yeah. And they um, have done that with Julia before with the goddess. <laughs> oh, yeah, they definitely have. Um, as far as like Sari and Poi go, they're gonna like they're gonna have to work that like that that whole strap match is gonna be uh like they're gonna work their feelings out for each other. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I I def I definitely think that match is gonna be pretty like personal. Maybe yeah. it, it even leads to some like I don't think Sayoriano is gonna be long in Cosmic Angels. I think her. As soon as she joined, as soon as she joined, I already knew she's gonna tear that. She's gonna tear it up from the inside out. Yeah, and it almost seems like she's doing that right now. It's just it was it was just a a ploy for her to get to Tam. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm I'm really into it. it, It's really cool to have Sayoriano in Stardom. I I hope she stays around after the five star. I hope this her showing up is still insane though because. For a long yeah. time, it was like, nope, no way. Sariano, nope, she's not coming back. And then here she is. And even too, like, when you look at it, like, even when they won the, the trios belt, um, Saudi still basically wanted no parts of any of the Cosmic Angel stuff. Yeah. Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie was like, well, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> even with you guys. I wanted to create my own faction, <laughs> and Tom just joined <laughs> and said, "No, this is my house." And Kyrie is my all-time favorite, by the way, in this company. And her being back is just so good for me, and I am so happy during every match she has. It was good. Uh, she just recently had her match with Unagi at uh, Oh Yeah, I saw Green pictures of that. Um. Well, the thought that was escaping my head a little bit earlier was um, that Sare has thrown her uh, hat into the race for the IWGP Women's Championship. So we might finally get that match. Oh, yeah. That's going to be cool. I hope that happens. Also, I, I do hope if she does show up in Stardom for a little bit, I don't think she's going to sign. I think she's going to stay freelance. But she does show up. I do want her to have a rematch with Poi. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That would be I uh, Sari has had t- two matches since she came back from WWE, and both of those have been awesome. <laughs> they teased the Mio match. Give it to me. Yeah, they te- Yeah, that they teased that, and man, her and Enrico Kawahata on the y- Yumiko Hota anniversary show. I need that match to like make tape as soon as possible, <laughs> because oh my god. Come on, T-Hearts. <laughs> Come on, T-Hearts. Give it to us. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things that are happening in Stardom around, like, leading into the Five Star, so we'll see how much of the stuff leads into the Five Star. It's going to be yeah. a very interesting time for Stardom. It's, it is, it, it's very interesting because, it's you know, we broke the status quo that was a, the year-long title reigns, and now, we, you know, Frosty has done some decisions now that, you know, now we could see anything happen, potentially. A lot of different ways we yeah. can go here. I definitely the the cage the cage matches uh, on the twenty fifth all look like really big ma- Like I'm really high for those. Uh, the artist of Stardom title match is going to be like a very spot heavy t- uh, cage match, and of course the Queen's Quest versus Wado type cage match is going to be very story driven. 
and I'm I, I like that they have they have split those two kind of because they did that last year also where where they have they had the more personal steel cage match between Poi and Tom and they had the spot first artist uh, I don't think it was for artists it was just stars versus Queen, uh, Queen's Quest yeah but that was it was when the wasn't that for the money and that was the ladder match no that was the ladder match that was the one where they hit that was the one where they had the <laughs> they had to basically shove Mayu into the cage yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why she's in the cage this year. She doesn't look happy about it. <laughs> but she, my favorite, she my is. favorite uh, shot from that match is uh, Saya looking very distraught, and then Mayu's just behind her. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, man, on the press press conference, it was so funny when Mayu Tanya just ripped over. Just walking back for, to the table, she just missed a step on the like li- little step up to the table and just fell all over. But it was yeah. funny. as always, the god of women's wrestling. But what a clumps, clumsy motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, you literally like people watch her and like you just gotta remind them like, yeah, she is. She's the greatest. She's yeah. definitely the stardom's greatest of all time. I, I am of the opinion that she is the greatest of all time because she is the wrestler I've seen the most of in in Joshi. Because of course I'm i of course I have been the Stardom fan since 2018 though. So yeah, but there's only like a small handful of people. I would say like yeah. you yeah you have your legends like the I'm talking like not the not the past like the 90s 80s like not the era but like as far as like modern day Joshi, there's only a handful of people that you could. Maybe throw throw their hat into that race with Mayu. Yeah, and, and it's so funny just explaining to people that have no idea what Sodom is. Yeah, this 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 clumsy this clumsy girl. Yeah, she's the best wrestler of all them. <laughs> Don't worry. She about has it. she has zero coordination. She can't say real Goku. You know, just yeah. She Jesus. she barely can form a sentence without laughing. She is Mayu Yutani, the goat. And then, <laughs> but you see her in the ring, she'll, <laughs> she busted up uh, Mercedes. Yep. Kicked her right in the nose. But yeah, I think that that about wraps it up. Um, thank you a lot for coming on. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for walking me through Dragon Gate and had a lot of fun talking Joshi with you. Do you have oh, anything, yeah. any plugs you want to throw in there before we wrap it up? Yeah, uh, you can find me at... Uh, at Sondre uh, Bjorn, uh, Bjorn at Twitter. Uh, I am the only one that's called Sondre that's called, uh, that talks about wrestling, so you will find me there. <laughs> um, I also, I as I said earlier on in the show, I do run a Dragon Gate and TDT weekly podcast uh, called The Dramatic Dream Dragons. Uh, it started earlier this year. We... We are the I don't I think we are the only co- uh, podcast that covers DDT on a week week to week basis, and I'm really proud of that. And of course, we we um, we talk about DDT and Dragon Gate every week, and we've also talked about gl- big Glee shows and big Gumbar Pro shows, like some like kind of the um, the two promotions that fit together with DDT and Dragon Gate. Glee, of course, fits with Dragon Gate and Gumbar. So we've talked uh, about those promotions also on that show, but that 
that you can find on all the like pod podcast platforms if you search dramatic dream dragons and you will find it all right thank you for having, thank you for coming on I had a lot of fun uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys next time